talking, 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 Regular, like they had like a draft of it, you know, and it was just cold. Or you could get frozen butter beer, which is like it's not quite frozen, but it's it won't come out of the tap as well. Yeah, so it was like somewhere in between. It's like it was, frosty. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, and I had some guy in the shop. He was like, "Well, that's just all that is is cream soda." I'm like, it's not. It's completely fucking different. <laughs> right? Yeah, it tastes drastically different. I'm here to bum out everybody about right. The fact that they like something. Stop trying to take the butterbeer away from me. I am tired. I'm sorry, Susan. Susan's bad! Tell She's, us how you really feel. Action for a few episodes. Is that how many paper towels we're going to need? <laughs> what kind of pizza is this? Yes. Which one of these hot sauces should we have? I don't know. I don't even know what's there. Uh, Not uh, the pumpkin spice. Yeah. That on pizza is going to be wretched. Yeah. Let's stay away from that one. Okay. Well, these are the three you brought for us to choose from. Well, I know. Do you want... I, what do you think is going to be the best on pizza, Hogan? I don't know. Probably the trash one. It was just, yeah. The, the we'll green go verde, we'll go maybe. We do love Linnea. You want to open this? Sure. I can't throw. Look you. At least he can catch. I'm so disappointed that I couldn't find the one that I was really excited about bringing. Well, this is our 20th episode, so I thought, you know, we should eat some pizza. Bring back the hot sauce. Trash. When you want your legs, breasts, and thighs hot. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Who makes this? What kind of pizza is this? Your favorite pepperoni. From where, I mean? Oh, from Christopher's here in beautiful Beaverdale, Des Moines, Christopher's. Iowa. Christopher's. Warning, uh-huh. may cause spontaneous removal of clothing. Well, <laughs> it's just us boys here. <laughs> <laughs> you want a party? Grab a slice. I'll see what old Chris has to say about things. It's like a family restaurant that's been ran by the, the Judas Sessi family here in... Des Moines, Beaverdale. I went to school with Judas Sessi. With, with a Judas Sessi? At St. Pius. Yep. Smells good. Oh, it's good. But the, yeah, they have like a pretty diverse men, menu of like, you know, various pasta dishes, some seafood. You can get like a, a, a good sandwich. The pizza's good. It's all like their family recipe. I had the chicken parm there like a week ago. That was pretty great. It's too. great. Yeah, Jill and I go oh, there all the time. Oh, that place. Yeah, Christopher's. So like, it's like a long building. Yeah. 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 I've driven past it a million times. It's great. It's but yeah, right the pizza's the Medicap. Pharmacy. Yeah. Try to buy the pizza without that sauce. It's not tainted on your first bite. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do that first. Mm. And they put the parm on there like that? Oh, yeah, baby. Good. I see some basil flakes, maybe oregano. <laughs> oh, oregano. Mm. Let's see what that sauce is about, Hogan. Good amount of pep. All right. Mm. I'm going to go with the general rule of a dab. Oh, shit. That's more than a dab. Can you dab me? I might want some dabs. Are you sure? Yeah. It might be hot. I don't care. That's called hot sauce. It's like the first word. I'm giving you a small dab. Okay. So this is hate hot things. <laughs> this is the trash hot Not sauce always. from what company? Um, who the fuck makes this? <laughs> That's a great name for a company. <laughs> it really is. It is pretty hot. Is it? it it's made in Canada. Custom Heats La Prairie. Quebec. Mm. Tastes good, pepperoni pizza. Is it hot? I mean, it's not. The first bite, first second, you're like, oh, is it going to be too hot? But then it kind of levels out. Tastes good. I was concerned. I was concerned it was going to be super hot. 
but it's not. It's good. This is way better. <coughs> this is way better than the last one. Was that zombie snot that we yeah. didn't like? That one was horrible. I looked at that one for a couple months and then it found its way into the garbage. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm just going to end up looking at this forever. The tar man sauce was good. So, so far, both yeah. the Return of the Living Dead uh, licensed hot sauces are delicious. I got these from the Return of the Living Dead website, I think. Oh. That but. makes sense that you, if you wouldn't have had, or unless you ordered them from Canada. But the one that I was really excited to bring what was it? a tropical hot sauce. That was a Weekend at Bernie's hot sauce. Oh, oh man. And it's somewhere at my house. I can't remember where I put it. I looked in the pantry. It might have got buried somewhere. It's so hot it'll wake up the dead. Yep. <laughs> That'd be the Weekend at Bernie's part two hot sauce. Mm-hmm. Well, he's still dead in the first one, Craig. Well, I know, but in the <laughs> second one's when he's awoken mm-hmm. from the music and he dances right. around. Yeah. It has a warning, like, do not use uh, while listening to, like, Caribbean music. Or... Right, with, if a steel drum is anywhere yeah. mm-hmm. in the vicinity. Hiccups. I don't want to get the hot sauce hiccups. Yep. I only get the hiccups when I've had hot sauce or I'm just way too shit-faced. Right. But you haven't been shit-faced for a long time. You've been sober for how long now? Almost two years. Congratulations. Yeah. I thought you just passed a year. It's two. Almost two years. Well, I guess that's true because you stopped about the pandemic and we're in 2022 we're now. balls deep in it. Happy New Year's, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 2022, a.k.a. 2020, part three, The Reckoning. It's still here. 2022, The Revenge of Curly's Gold. Welcome to the Fright Zone. I'm Greg. I'm Nate. I'm Hogan, and I'm still eating pizza. <laughs> this episode, we're talking about the 1982 splatter slasher cult classic, Pieces. It's the story of a Boston college campus terrorized by a chainsaw-wielding killer who uses the body parts collected from his victims to create a human jigsaw puzzle. Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. It's exactly what you think it is. Uh, this episode was a Patreon patron pick by a Dark Lord Frightzonian, Jildo Baggins! Joe, Joe, <laughs> Joe, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sent that uh, patron a uh, message asking them if they could in one sentence uh, tell us why this was their pick for us to uh, watch. And uh, they said, perfect mixture of slasher gore, complete absurdity, and legitimate suspense. So. It's true. And, and uh, nonsensically awesome scenes, mm-hmm. for oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> if any of you would like to uh, you know, have us talk about a certain movie that you love, um, that is an option on our Patreon page. You can find that uh, via our website, thefrightzone.com, or patreon.com slash thefrightzone. That is our highest tier. And also, you can pick that tier for one month and then drop down to a dollar a month the next yeah. month. You don't have to keep doing it. Depending what tier you drop down to, you might not get all the other goodies, but we will at least honor your uh, pick-a-movie choice and, and do it. So check out the Patreon. All right. <laughs> There's also an AKA on this one. In the Netherlands, this movie was known as Chainsaw Devil. <laughs> An alternate U.S. title was Chainsaw Bastard, and the original title was Milgritos Tienen de Noche, a.k.a. 1,000 Cries Has the Night. <laughs> I, I thought it was I the night of, that translates to Night of a Thousand Screams. That was another alternate title, but ah. right next to this one, it said a.k.a. Da, 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 so. Excellent. It had more. I literally, like, I just thought... You know, Chainsaw Bastard might be the best. It's pretty great. It sounds like a Motorhead worship band. <laughs> you know, like a front man with playing the bass and singing kind of raspy, yeah. talking about 
drugs and rock and roll, you know, kind of thing. Like that's, taking your body power. We are chainsaw bastard. Chainsaw and we play bastard. rock and roll. I feel like if there was a Motorhead cover band or like tribute band, the Lemmy character would be very short and very rotund. Yeah, right. <laughs> like everyone in Mammoth. Yeah. You ever heard of that band? It's he like looked, all fat dudes. Yeah. He looked like Vinnie Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this film's directed by Juan Piquer Simone, credited here as J.P. Simon uh, on the American release. He directed numerous genre films for two decades, tallying up 15 director credits and 17 writing credits. Uh, notable titles such as Slugs. 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 Love that movie. <laughs> the Rift with Ray Wise, a.k.a. Leland Palmer, for my bookhouse boy, Hogan. Uh, Cthulhu Mansion and Satan's Blood. Um, those are the tiles I thought were notable. Supersonic Man looks kind of cool, and Mystery on Monster Island looks cool, but the ones you said are the only ones yeah. I've seen. Yeah. Uh, I, Slugs is definitely his best film after Pieces. I mean, Slugs is yeah. so much fun. It's really, really good. That's the thing, like, when I saw Pieces, and it's like, oh, I gotta see every other movie this guy's made, and saw Slugs next, like, holy fuck, all his movies are gonna be so good, and then I watched <laughs> them, and I'm kind of like, well... Slugs was okay. one of our upcoming uh, Franklin Barbershop picks. It was. We were gonna play, Friday Night and I was really excited to watch that mm-hmm. in a room of people that hadn't seen it before, because I've watched it with, like, I played it for people, and it's fun watching people watch it for the first time. It kind of makes it feel like this discovered thing, but it was definitely one... That I discovered way later. I don't remember seeing yeah. Slugs when I was a kid or anything. I remember that box art a lot. Yeah. The box I might art. have actually seen Slugs before pieces. Um, just because I thought it looked like funny, the artwork on the box. I just found pieces first. Like a yeah. physical copy. And that was during a period when like that's... I wouldn't watch it if I didn't find a copy. Yeah. So this film, uh, it came to be when uh, the Spanish filmmaker... Uh, got linked up with an American producer who wanted to make a slasher movie. So he took an old TV movie treatment he had for a detective story called Jigsaw, which is also a good title. Yeah, that um, would work. And then he morphed it into the script for pieces. There was already a movie out by that time called Jigsaw Murders. That was like 76 or 7. So that might have been why they didn't do that. The, to kind of beef up the script from uh, his treatment he had for the TV movie, he brought in two guys, Dick Randall, yeah. Who, uh, he was a producer of one of my all-time favorite slasher movies, Slaughter High. That movie's fun. I love Slaughter High. That's one we should do sometime. Maybe this year. Um, and Roberto Loyola. Roberto. <laughs> Roberto. Whose only other credit was for a movie called The Tales of Canterbury, which I've never seen. I haven't either. So, uh, But yeah, I think this movie's really interesting for the fact that, you know, since it's a Spanish film... Uh, like, cause this is, this is of note to like the vibe of the movie as we get into it, you know, the it fact feels that, kind of Italian in yeah. that way, the way the overdubs are done with it, certain people It has that weird disconnected, uh, foreign film vibe that a lot of horror films had during that time because they're like, they do mixed casts of like, you know, of various like primary languages, you know, so yeah. you have some English actors, then you have some people you speak in Spanish who are from Madrid and, uh, then they'd all dub you know, their, their audio later. So it just has this strange thing where you can't really tell who's, you know, who's yeah. from what country. Um, but this movie's extra interesting. Kind of like how he's credited JP Simon, uh, in the English release, uh, that the film is supposed to be taking place in America. And it's weird because it's supposed to be in America and it's written by someone that's not from America, doesn't speak English and has never been to America. <laughs> right. So 
And that, you can think, tell. Yeah, and I think that's just of note before we get into the movie because some of the stuff, you know, as we're talking about this, if stuff in this seems really weird, it's it's someone who's not from America's perception of what American college life must be like. And I think yeah. that's just really interesting and part of why the movie's kind of madcap and fun. Do you think that's why there's water beds in the gymnasium? You know, well, it's so everyone we experience the most wonderful maybe, thing. In the world. Maybe we just yeah. don't understand because we're American. Right. Like maybe it's like after a workout, they like to just like lay down on a waterbed yeah. to just like cool down. <laughs> yeah, There's no sheets on it or anything. It's yeah. just a bubble. Oh, on that note, too, this is the first foreign film we've done on The Fry Zone. Every other movie we've done has been an American or a Canadian film. Huh. So nice. there we go. You get a Taco Bell. Por que no? This is one of those movies that definitely caused. Um, a lot of like concern in the in the eighties because it was like so gory. It wasn't on the video nasties list, which is odd to me. Really, it seems well, like it I would have been. I would think top ten. Yeah, absolutely. They mostly focused on U.S. films. It yeah. seemed like so, if you look at that list. So I guess J.P. Simon didn't trick them. Yeah, right. Uh, but it, you know, it was, it was definitely singled out as being one of the gorier films of the time. Um, I know the the national like organization of women went up against it and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it, it was it's just one of those movies that, you know, it had this kind of uh like before I saw it, like it was like I had heard of it being like There was an gore air film, about it that it you was know? kind of brutal. And it is pretty gory. I mean if you're like a gore hound, this has some some goods in it. But specifically if you like chainsaws. Oh yeah. And you do not They're have to everywhere. go you do not have to go to Texas. For, for a, a chainsaw, chainsaw massacre, massacre as uh, it says. Well, I guess uh, we've been doing this thing now. We're talking about when did we first see it, and you were kind of talking about that, Nate. Sounds like it was maybe more recent, or I mean, not recent. I'd say early two thousands. Yeah. It was definitely after high school, sometime early two thousands. Like I can't. I, I don't have a specific memory. Just that we watched it in my friend circle. Um, I don't know. I have more recent memories that are like more solid. Like when Joe Bob covered it on his show, rewatching it that way was really memorable. But <clears throat> I'd probably seen my tape like five times before that. So I'd say like in between 2004 and 2010, Good sometime. Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. My brain's just, yeah, it's garbage. Within the first. Part of the 2000s. Yeah. What, what I would say in my... What, what era of Britney? Did Britney still have hair? Hair. Okay. It was in the, so my early, early 20s. Umbrella or? Yeah. In so my early 20s. Pre-2007. Yes. Britney was still free at that time. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> well, how about you, Hogan? When did you first see Pieces? Uh, so was Bill Cosby. What, uh, so when did you first see Hogan? Uh, I was still in barber school, and I picked this up. Really cheap because it's when Fye was in the mall. Oh yeah, and they were closing. Yeah, um, and I picked it up. I don't know for like five or six bucks or something like that. that yeah, we'll be after July moved back here. If it's when Fye closed, and I think we moved the back down in 2014. So it would have been in the last. Okay, so maybe I wasn't. I, I guess I was out of barber school then. But yeah, I don't know. Right around for recent. Yeah, cool. I had just started kind of liking that store when they closed. I was like, oh wait, they they have good get stuff, used stuff some, sometimes. Yeah, and shit. good stuff. Well, I got like I got some imported like I have uh, a double LP of The Fog and double LP of Escape from New York. I got uh, from them like they would have some cool soundtracks on vinyl. I was like, whoa, okay, right? I thought that shop was cool. I'd find like used original pressings of like Brujeria CDs. They and yeah, they had some stuff, stuff for like five ninety nine. Like what? What's this doing here? Yeah. So 
found a Blood Black Duster Wolf. CD there once. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> um, they're great, by the way. I saw, so I did see this probably in eighth or ninth grade. Uh, as one of those things, it was at the video store. And I was like, that's that movie. I always heard it's really gory, you know. Um, and I rented it, watched it, thought it was awesome, and didn't see it again until I got the same Blu-ray set that Hogan has there. Um, so I just want to say I just remember it being like this crazy, you know, splatter movie. The comedy like aspect of it and just how bizarre it was. Like, I don't remember any of that for my first scene. I just remember it being like a, a gnarly slasher movie. Yeah. With cool gore. I didn't even look. Has anybody else put this out? Uh, in, well, we can get to that in that when we talk about the different physical copies. But yeah, uh, there's, an, yeah, Arrow put it out in overseas. They don't own the rights for it here in America. So. Is this still available? Yeah. That's the same company, the, the crazy Beyond uh, yeah. set you have. I've got another one of theirs called like the Tough Guys or something. Yeah. That's a good one. That set's awesome. But cool. Well, uh, all right. I guess we can jump in this movie. I'll fire this thing out here. Boston, 1942. <laughs> uh, a young boy's putting together a puzzle and singing Humpty Dumpty to himself. Um, when his mom walks in, discovers it isn't a kid friendly puzzle, but rather a nudie puzzle. And she <laughs> flips the fuck out. And I want to say something about Humpty Dumpty. That song, he's singing it over and over again. It's not very long. First of all, <laughs> and I had to sit through my kids got into a version of it on the show called Little Baby Bum. And I was like, fucking, I wanted to murder people like this kid does just after like a day of them, like the ding, 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 sing ding, it for ding. us. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. That's all it is. So if you're putting together this whole puzzle, thousand pieces apparently. Oh man, I'm sure this one's more like two hundred pieces. I was hoping you were gonna tell us there was like a secret second verse that we didn't know about. <laughs> there might like, be. Do, 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 ding. Here we go. It gets really dark when they Frankenstein his ass together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but his mom flips the fuck out when she uh, sees it's a new puzzle. Uh, she kicks the puzzle across the room, smashes the mirror in the room, and then threatens to kill her son if she ever catches him with filth like that again. And starts dissing his father super hard, like, you're just like your father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, so then she's immediately like, go get a plastic bag, which didn't exist in 1942. So you can burn all this shit. So she can burn all this yeah, shit. Yeah, and then she starts just tearing the room apart Searching for more stuff. She's like, I bet your dad has more filth around here. He's got a wicker basket full of porn and a wagon <laughs> wheel or whatever the fuck. <laughs> uh, and yeah, while uh, the boy's out of the room, she finds some some of the dream magazines. And uh, when he returns, we surprisingly get the first kill of the film right out of the gate as he starts slamming mom in the face with an axe. In a very nightmare in the damaged brain kind of style. It's exactly at the two minute mark. So if you want a movie that just takes off, this yeah. is it. That's even faster than Home Sweet Home, maybe. He gets yeah. a solid four hits in the head with a fucking axe, and she's still awake for all of them. Yeah. I'm surprised. Well, he's not that strong. He's just a little kid. I still feel like one average blow from an average yeah. sized child. Yeah, because you can get just like knocked in the head with a fist and get knocked yeah. out. And the thing is, if you're going to go that far to kill your mother over some porn, first of all, you must really like porn, but you're obviously <laughs> really pissed. So there's going to be some there's going to be some force behind. He's got some it. adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mom was played by Mae Heatherly, 
who was also in uh, Campbell Apocalypse, the John Sachs movie where they be- come back from Vietnam with the Campbell virus. She's the nurse in, a, uh, in the hospital in that movie. If you've oh, seen nice. That one. Uh, so shortly after this, we cut to like a lady who uh, shows up at the front door, ring the doorbell. What is she doing there? She's like a nanny, I think. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Maybe the nanny, a maid, a friend of the mom, something. She knows She's... the name of the mom. That's Mrs. You know, whatever. Yeah. So I didn't know if they established that, and I missed it. Nah. Okay. Just someone that they know. And uh, she's obviously confused why no one's uh, <clears throat> no one's coming to the door. So. And it's obviously a white neighborhood because the cops show up immediately. Yeah, oh, they're yeah. there real quick. <laughs> they're they're uh, like hanging out on the sidewalk, <laughs> yeah. probably. Oh, you need some help? Uh, inside the phone's just ringing endlessly as the young boy cuts mom apart with a saw. Which is a wood saw. A wood it's, hand it's, saw. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would sound so gnarly, dude. Yeah. And that's. Again, out of the gate, this movie is just pretty gnarly. Like, I'm not going to lie. My parents have found my porn when I was younger, but never once did I consider cutting off their heads with a, a handsaw. <laughs> yeah. But I also had the internet. He's got physical porn. Right. You know, like, once that shit's gone. You know how gone, hard it was for me to get that at my age? Dude, that's like plutonium. That's that just going to be crazy. gone. You won't have any friends anymore. Like, all little Johnny and Joey that come over after school to yeah. do whatever y'all do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's over. So after he's cutting mom apart the saw, it cuts to him just like working on completing the puzzle with blood smeared all over him. Uh, the, so the cops arrive accompanied by the lady who's ringing the doorbell. And as they enter the room, we get one of the first great lines of the movie. Uh, they will write, write down this line. Jesus, will you look at this? Something's been butchered up here. Let's hope it was an animal. I never saw so much blood. Like, why would someone just be butchering an animal in the upstairs bedroom of their house? Yeah. And, like, why would that also be more, like, okay. why, why would it be that? acceptable, too? Like, it's not. <laughs> Especially the way it was done, because it, it's like there's blood splattered on the floor, on the wall, on it's the floor. Yeah. It's a fucking bloodbath in there. Yeah, you're not a professional. You no. definitely don't know how to skin an animal. You don't work at that. Fairway. Yeah. Definitely looks like a kid did this. Um, so then the cops opened the closet door and they discovered the severed head of the mother, who we discovered was Mrs. Reston. Uh, and then the the lady that had, you know, rung the doorbell and that's come with the cops, she expressed concern for little Timmy. So then suddenly the cops hear crying come from another closet and they open that and discover the boy who cries, Big man, mummy, mummy, where's mummy? <laughs> it's a solid cover. And that's where we find out that dad is overseas and he's going to go live with his aunt, which never comes up again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was ju- they just jumped right into the credits. Yeah. Um, which is cool. It's like a knife and it, all the letters are just like this cool blood dripping. You can tell they were oh, drawn by hand and hand colored awesome. in. Yeah. Cool typeface. Credits are great. Awesome music out of the gate. Uh, it kind of the music kind of reminds me of the Warriors dumb, dumb. score. Like <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole aspect, with a, except there'd be like some more flutters and things. But um, it's it's cool. It's I like it because it's spooky and it's groovy. It's a nice marriage of synth and organic instruments. Um, it's just a it's just a weird blend of genres. The whole film, which uh, is because it's credit to Cam, but there is no Cam. The music is, in, uh, in fact, a mishmash and of very stock C-A-M, music. C A M, not C A N. Yeah, C A M is in. Like, I always thought it was short for someone named Campbell. Yeah, right. And then just researching it for this, which it was the I, cameraman. Yeah, I felt like a fucking idiot though because I had the soundtrack in vinyl. I just had never uh, spent enough time looking at the back to realize that it was multiple, you know, artists. But the whole movie is just stock music from a few notable people: um, Carlo Maria Cordio, Troll Two, Zombie Three, Killing Bird, Shocking Dark, Hitcher in the Dark. Which was recently yeah. by you got that Megastorm. How was that, by the way? It's Hitchin gnarly. There. It's cool. Yeah, it's cool. I was like, ah, oh, do I get that one? Or you can just borrow mine. Ooh. 
Uh, it's fine. And there's some uh, Fabio Frizzi in there, too. Which we saw him live ah, in the... Uh, the dawn of the pandemic. Yeah, Rock Island. We, uh, <laughs> yeah, we fucking went out. It was like a kind of a cool, stormy night. Fucking, it was just him, and they played the movie in the background, <laughs> and he played the entire soundtrack to the Beyond in its entirety. Which and is the, one of your favorite horror movies. Yeah. And then he did an encore of where he did like shit from Gates of Hell and uh, zombie and stuff. Yeah, because because Five of course did uh, classics like Zombie, Save the Living Dead, um, Beyond. Uh, so, but yeah, so if you're wondering why the score seems like it's all over the place, that's why because it is all over the place. It's just music yeah. lifted from other films. Yeah, so. that day is one of those like I'm sure you guys have these too, where you have like maybe 10, 20 memories that like you think about all the time. Yeah, and like for some reason that day is one of those where it was like. Good company, good times, like just the right amount of everything. Like, ate some good Thai food. It was fun. like right before the pandemic kind of kicked yeah, in, right? It was I, the, I feel like the that last was February thing. of 2020. It was maybe. a Sunday night, which is why, like, it was just this kind of core group of us. If it was a yeah. sat Friday or Saturday, there would have been a ton of people. It was also like this weirdly intimate thing because there was maybe like 30 people there in a room the size of the Muse. We're just like hanging out talking to him like, whoa, dude. We're just like all standing up there just super stoked. And he was like super grateful we were all there and it was like super nice we got to meet him. Did you did you have him like sign any of your shit? Like any soundtracks or anything? I'm not a sign guy. I, kinda, I thought it's about it. fun. I like. I had him sign my dick and then I had someone tattoo it later. <laughs> Flaccid. <laughs> Good. Good. He didn't want to do it at Throwback, first. Episode 19 of the Fright Zone Podcast. No, <laughs> check it out wherever you stream podcast. And yeah, but I probably would if I could go back. It's just toting around a record or whatever just seemed weird. Well, if you can, it's like, well, you got to buy something at the show. And then, yeah. I just have all that stuff. Oh, yeah, I know. You do have a I, lot. I did Down buy an HP. Crib. It was like the, the sounds of HP Lovecraft record. You did a couple on this. I think they're called like Cadabra Records. Or it's like a mix of the word cadaver and cadaver. I think it's like cadavera records. <laughs> but they've done a few releases of Fabio Frizzi where it's like someone reading out of an HP Lovecraft book while he makes kind of music. Like, that's cool. So it's like almost like an old radio program. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I still like that's really neat. Like but, I, I get into stuff like that. Yeah. It's fun to listen to. I've definitely listened to it a bunch. I have a couple weird records like that. I have one that I think is narrated by Boris Karloff. Ugh. But at the same time, it's like, it's like, I saw one of those in Kansas City and I didn't buy it and I re regret it ever since. It's something, it's the kind of stuff that you could put on during Halloween, like with the kids around stuff and like yeah. have fun with it, you know, like, or when you're carving jack o' lanterns or something. Yeah. It is cool. Another weird record, not horror related, but I have a record that is that, fuck, I barely, I, I'm going to say, is the, Who's the guy who wrote Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit? Dude, J.R. Tolkien? J.R. Tolkien. Tolkien. I have a record that's him reading some of his own shit over, like, whimsical music. Oh, yeah? I found it for, like, five bucks at, like, Half Price Books once, and I was like, I feel like I have to buy this. Yeah. Like, I don't know if this is rare or what. Yeah, um, but you're not going to see it again. Yeah, I'm probably. Like, I'm just going to get this. Yeah. But obviously, you can tell how big of a fan I am since I just forgot his name. Like, yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I meant for I don't love... I, don't I really think love Peter Jackson that, wrote those movies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know... <laughs> It's like this guy named Jared Tolkien. He's reading like some of Peter Jackson stuff. Yeah, like he wrote books based <laughs> on the movies that Peter Jackson made. Yeah, it's <laughs> a weird time machine thing. It's hard to explain. We'll move on. <laughs> so after the credits, we cut to forty years later, and we see gloved hands open a dresser drawer and remove a box that contains a pair of bright red blood-covered shoes uh, and the blade dress the mother was wearing. 
and a photo of the mom. With did the bloody did anyone else face. notice that the pitcher was stuck to the bottom of the box? I did. And did anyone think about what might cause the pitcher to stick to the bottom of the box? I mean, it could be blood, sure. I mean, he but clearly the... has a masturbation problem. We already know that. Yeah, that started early. Because... <laughs> His mom tried to get in the way of his baiting early, and he was like, "Nope, three times." Dude, he even <laughs> check, please. He even like made a spot on the picture, you know, to aim for it, and he still couldn't hit it. Whoa! Yeah, it still ended up in the bottom of the box. Yeah, uh, rotten seed. So I think it's it's safe to assume that the gloved hands getting this stuff out is the young boy all grown up. Yeah, um, but we don't see his face or anything. In reality, the gloved hands of the killer are actually the director, Juan Picor Simone. That makes sense. You can he just makes film another cameo time. later in the movie as the uh, the crime scene photographer. And he doesn't have to pay any actors to be there to do that shit. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll just set this up. Yeah, put my It's pretty up. much why he did it. Is I was reading and he was saying he didn't want to have to explain to people what their motivation was. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in this scene, you have to get the items out of the box. Yeah. Very complex. I'll do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> also, I, while you're getting them out of the box, I need you to go... Uh, oh yeah uh, yes he does like the killer the whole movie does the classic breather thing you know yeah. <laughs> kind of like what's the first horror movie you guys recall hearing the breather thing in like to me I think a black Christmas I don't I, there could be something before I can't say for sure I'd have to do some no that'd probably have to be one of the earliest is for, like, when the in did, when a stranger calls predate? They're right around the same time because I think when a stranger calls is like seventy six or seventy seven, maybe. Nah. Uh, if there was just some sort of resource where we could find out that information, if only there was a place we could find, in addition to pornography, <laughs> information on movies. Yeah, yeah. If we could find like the same place that we can find whether or not somebody has also been in porno. <laughs> Is it Mr. Skin? When a, stranger, yeah. when a Stranger Calls is 1979. 79, okay. And Black Christmas was 74. So I think Black Christmas still may be the first breather. I always think of a, that that Horcombe student body is when I think of breather. Yeah, though. yeah. That's so absurd. Right. It's like <laughs> taking that shit to 11. Oh, yeah. If anyone knows of an earlier title, feel free to write to us at thefrightzone.com. Yeah, submit a contact form there. We'd love to hear from you. Bleep. Um... So where do we have that? Oh yeah, we cut to a young girl named Debbie, uh, who has played by an actress that has no other credit, so it doesn't even matter. Uh, so we cut to a young girl named Debbie skating around on a penny board, uh, as what the closed captioning describes and the as music's... hip hop music yeah. plays. <laughs> nice. I was gonna say it's really kind of like, oh, now we're at college. <laughs> She's like waving to her friends. She's like cutting up on the curb. She's incredibly fucking willy nilly. Yeah. It's almost like she's asking for something dangerous to occur. <laughs> the tonal shift from you know everything we've seen so far to that scene is hilarious because of the music. Yeah. Um, and as she skates around the college campus, a truck from the Masilio and O'Donnell Company Glass and Mirrors pulls up, and some dudes start moving a giant mirror out, like Wayne's World. Yeah, dude. It it made me think <laughs> it's of like the, Looney Tunes. Yeah, yeah. It made me think of the horrible Back to the Future game from the Nintendo. Oh, there's when a... you're skating around as Marty, and there's just all these dudes moving glass around. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm talking about? That game like, fucking a, sucks. Yeah, it's Robert, uh, the drummer from Fetus, I watched him beat that game once. No fucking Yeah, way. dude. With he, the game Genie? No, or? no. He just, he one day decided he had to beat it, and he just spent weeks just mastering. Because, like, any Nintendo game, no matter how hard it is, has a pattern. Yeah. So if you take the time to sit and obsess about it and can figure out exactly everything you have to do to the T 
you can beat any Nintendo game. Those are the good old days. And he and I just watched him do it in one go, and I was just like, "Fuck!" Like I couldn't even beat the first like section of the first level. <laughs> it's like that game's not like there's some stuff in Nintendo where it's hard as fuck, but it's still fun. So you like, I want to like memorize. Mega Dragon. Man's hard. Yeah, those are fun, but though. it's fun. Mega Man Three is the first video game I ever beat. I bet that felt good. I used to have a notebook, you know, like the password system that was like blue and red dots. I had a whole notebook where I just like use Crayola markers and color in all those little patterns. Russian Attack. It's like a whole summer. I love that game. That's a Capcom game also. Yeah, it's a good one. It's like what Rambo should have been. Oh, yeah. The game. Or like the Contra games, too. Yeah. Also, uh, I, said, I think I said before, like Kung Fu should have been the Karate Kid game. Yeah. Fuck that Karate Kid game is terrible. Yeah. When you try, I've, I've actually gotten pretty good at catching the flies. But other than that, I yeah, it's not very good. The Cry Kid game? Yeah. That's, I think that's made by the same fuckers that made Back to the Future. It's an LJN. Yeah. Yeah. yeah L, that's a, if you listen to Angry Video Games. If game it has nerd, LJN it's... on it, it's fucking garbage usually. Yeah. I actually will defend the Nightmare on Elm Street game from LJN, but that's because they published it, but they didn't develop it. That game was made by Rare, the people that made like Donkey Kong Country and GoldenEye um, and some other stuff. Yeah. They made Battletoads. Those guys made the Nightmare on Elm Street game, but then LJN published it. So that game is. Pretty good. Battletoads is really good. Battletoads is hard as fuck, too. But see, that's as long yeah. as you want to play it. Yeah. Unlike Back to the Future. Like, this sucks. I guess I'll stay in the past and, and like, vanish. How cool, <laughs> like, how cool could like a modern Back to the Future game be? Yeah. Like, if they made it now. Whoa, dude. That would be so Dude, there'd be sick. levels where, like, like, you know, you have to slam the buttons a bunch so you don't fuck your mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't hit the buttons fast fuck! enough. Darn, I fucked her. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, game over. You do not exist. That's what I think, Greg, you and I were one time, we were talking about what would they, you know, because they made the Friday the 13th game, what would happen if they made a Nightmare on Elm Street game today? Gosh, and I, I think you that. go, I think you go Dream Warriors. Yeah. And you can have multiple people play that way. Just like Friday the 13th game, but it could be something where like, you, it'd be almost, okay, you know the Friday the 13th game, because I know you and I played that together a few times. Mm-hmm. You know how like Jason gains different abilities as the match goes on? Mm-hmm. I think you do it that way for the Dream Warriors. So in the start, you don't have the powers. Right. So then your motivation you're playing is the Freddy character. You have to try to kill them before they gain their dream, their different Dream Warrior abilities. Before they realize that they have abilities. It'd be so good. Yeah. Right. Uh, Sometimes cool. Nate needs to play a Friday the 13th game. I know Nate, Nate's not a big gamer. It looks cool. I think I'd you watch you it's play fun. it. I'd watch you play it. I it don't. is very fun. Because when you play online, with if you're playing people you know, it's awesome. Because there's no computer element to it. Yeah. It's like seven people are playing as the counselors, and one person's Jason. So you really have to like run around and try to, you know. It's like maybe when my kids are older right now, it's like when I have free time, I have printing to do, I have yeah. work to do, and I have movies to watch. If I have downtime, totally. I want to use that downtime to watch movies. Oh, definitely get it. I mean, there's time I don't play games, if I, depending on what's going on in my life, too. Like, I get it. Yeah. Usually, like, Fright Zone weeks, I'm not doing anything besides working on editing this uh, podcast. Right. So I'm not even doing stuff like, like, or, you know, and obviously playing bands. Like, there's like, you have to balance your time. I totally get it. Yeah. There, that's like that's the stuff when you're an adult. You're sometimes like, "Fuck!" Kind of like remember when I was just like, you know, twenty something, or like just you know, didn't have much you had to fucking do at all. It's like you could just fuck off and watch like twelve movies in a day, or like play video games for eight hours, or right, you know, you know, memories. Someday maybe. <laughs> uh oh yeah. So so man, we're we're getting there. So so the guys moving the mirror. Debbie skating around, waving hi to all of her college chums, like Nate mentioned. 
Um, and she's oblivious to the mirror company dudes as she speeds well, down. They kind of come out of a blind yeah. wall, like they're from behind a wall out of yeah. nowhere. But she she's could have just, down that just road. step off the board. Yeah, you could just step off of it. Those she was on like a wooden banana board. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is yeah. Like this is 1982. Yeah. Like most boards are just those little sidewalk surfers. Yeah. So yeah, just step off of it. As Hogan said. And so, of course, she can't step off the board in time. And she just slams through the mirror. And then we cut to a flash of the young boy's mom smashing the mirror when she discovered him with the nudie puzzle. Pre-jerk. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) then we again again see the mysterious gloved hands remove another box from the dresser drawer. And this one contains the infamous puzzle, which he begins constructing again. And I know how I'm getting to be like more of a dad is that when that happened, I was like, who's going to pay for the mirror? (laughs) Like, I can't even imagine, like, how much that costs. Like, is it going to come out of those guys' pockets? Like, those guys could get fired over this. Like, yeah, she's dead or whatever. Well, as soon as she gets out of the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be doing yard work. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) See, I thought it was Oz. Then I thought the next scene we cut to the girl in the park, I thought it was supposed to be Debbie. But it she's is. not covered. Okay, it is. that's like I. I, I like, she is. Like, she is this supposed to be her? She looks in, but she has no cuts or anything. Miraculously, on her. has no wounds on her at all. She's completely healed. She's even showing a little cheeks. She has yeah. her little skirt up. On yep. Her. Are there all cuts that are under her hot pants yeah. and tank top? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why she's laying down because all the all the gnarly no Yeah. So so she's yeah. So we cut to Debbie laying on her belly in the grass, working on homework, and her skirts up, exposing some of her butt. And this is just something like I guess all college girls do in America, of course, right? Yeah. Especially in Boston, it's a Boston thing. Um, And a masked man revs up a chainsaw, and she's annoyed. She's like, "Are you gonna be long? So I'll move someplace else." (laughs) Just a few minutes. (laughs) Yeah, just a few minutes, miss. Uh, he then proceeds to walk her up to her and just cut her head off. <laughs> well, and first, when he first revs up the chainsaw, she starts looking around all over the place like it's a bee or something. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, dude, I don't know about you, but like if I heard a chainsaw, I'd be like, oh, it's over there. Oh, yeah. Right fucking behind That's, me. It could only be coming from right there. You're not like, huh? Her? Is it Jesus up there? <laughs> like looking in the sky. <laughs> like, why would it be up there? It's because in America, sound works differently, so. Yeah. It bounces off all the colleges. I don't know. Uh, And then we cut to uh, two cops talking to a receptionist, one of which is Lieutenant Bracken, played by Christopher George, who has probably the most impressive filmography of anyone in this movie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He has 56 credits. Um, He was an El Dorado Dorado. John Wayne. I mean, that's... My favorite thing about Christopher George is on IMDb, the first part of his description says, solidly built, boyishly handsome, American leading man. (laughs) I'll be seeing you later. Which was funny, because then once I started going to the other ones, I'm like, nothing that nice is said about anybody (laughs) in the cast. Sometimes there's nothing about anyone in the cast. Boyishly handsome. Um, He had a role in a TV series called Rap Troll that was pretty popular for its time. Um, but our listeners here at the Fright Zone, all you beautiful Fright Zonians, you'd probably recognize him from films like The Exterminator, City of the Living Dead, Graduation Day, and Mortuary, um, which Mortuary was one of his final roles before it he was passed his last away. Film. Yeah, uh, he, that was like he did that shortly after Pieces, and he had a heart attack shortly after finishing Mortuary. Um, you got you got Christopher, you got any Christopher George? I didn't hit Hogan. Nope. You got it all. But you would recognize him if you've watched movies from the era at yeah. all. It was like you seen Mark. Oh, I have seen that guy in some flicks. 
You might be the one person you're watching, and your dad's in the room. Your dad's like, hey, I know Christopher George from Rap Patrol. El Dorado. El Dorado, baby. He's badass. He has boyishly good charms. Very strong and handsome. He's a leading man. <laughs> and then the, uh, the other cop is Sergeant Holden, played by Frank Brana. Um, and he was in multiple Juan Pierre Simone movies. He's in Cthulhu Mansion, The Rift, and Slugs. He's um, also in one called Where Time Began. I, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Uh, and he's in a bunch of other shit. He has 171 credits, so. Right. Um, but By the, the end of this, were you guys like me and just thinking, like, will you two kiss already? Yeah. <laughs> will you give him a fucking match or what? <laughs> that too. <laughs> that whole scene, it's like, you work together, he would know that that dude does not smoke. It's their inside joke, I think. You know? I love that. It's a recurring thing in the movie. Give me um, a fucking light. <laughs> I tell you, I don't smoke. Um so the, so these two dudes are buzzing to the dean's office. Uh, dean Foley, who's played by Edmund Purdom. Uh, do you guys feel like this guy looks like Mr. Bean, the dean? Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, he's like Mr. Bean's dad. Dean Bean. Dean Bean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He had a funny on IMDb. It says, gifted with aristocratic good looks and a rich speaking voice. <laughs> he does have a nice, he has a nice voice. I'll yeah. give him that. He's maybe aristocratic except for his fucking teeth. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess if it's we're talking like British aristocrat, then the teeth are fine. Well, he's the hierarchy there. Yeah. Uh, he was in a and he's in a lot of films, but I honestly haven't really seen any of them. Um but he does pop up and stuff from time to time. Like I was watching an old episode of Elvira's movie Macabre. Uh Mac- Elvira's movie Macabre. Yeah. Uh and uh, he popped up in Mushu showing 1974's Frankenstein's Castle of Freaks. That okay, that's a good movie. Uh, he's in that. Oh. And I feel like there's been other things I've seen before he pops up. But when I was looking at his filmography, I didn't recognize anything. But I think mostly because on IMDb, it's all like their foreign titles that mm-hmm. I don't know. Like for, even Frank Stein's Castle Freaks was something else on IMDb. Weird. So I, But it's one of those things like I've seen him just pop up and stuff. Um, do you know of... Uh, yeah, so as a fact, he he apparently is one of the only people to ever have their handprints removed from the Grauman's Theater in Hollywood. Really? Really? <laughs> He's like, I don't want him there. No, he was like up and coming, and they and he was there for something, and they had him do his hands, and then later they had like the theater had them removed. They're he like, who is this guy? Like he didn't flush. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> yeah. fuck that dude. He, Classic yeah. Dean Bean shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he never got any bigger, and they're just like, uh, we need this spot for like. Rick Fuck Moranis. It. Yeah, Rick Moranis. <laughs> I, I take Moranis over Edmund <laughs> Dean Bean. I think Chris <laughs> Pratt's fucking Dean hands Bean. are there now. Dean Bean the rest of the movie. For <laughs> 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 here, I refer to as Dean Bean. Um, so then we cut to some random kids smoking in the hallways, as all American college students do. Presumably, they're smoking pot. Out in the open. Upcoming line. Um, and they're discussing how a new waterbed has been installed in the training room. And one girl asks another if she's ever been laid on a waterbed. Twitch responds with what may be one of the greatest It is the greatest lines. line. It, it might be the greatest line in film history as far as I'm concerned. It's up there. <laughs> Let's uh, check this out, listeners. This is deep. The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling it wouldn't be great. No. I, I think no, you'd just how fucking would you get leverage? A... I would be very anxious that like I would potentially drop the joint that I was smoking, which would then burn a hole in the waterbed. Yeah. I think fucking a waterbed in general, like how do you get like leverage? Have you never fucked on a waterbed? No. Oh, I don't okay. know. I can say this. I lost my virginity on a waterbed. Oh, okay. Yes. 
but it was a very awkward. <laughs> but it was a very awkward situation anyway. First oh. of all, I was a virgin. <laughs> Second of all, it was like there was other people in the room other than us two. Well, okay, wait, like watching? No, just like s- kind of sleeping. Everyone was sort of. Drunk and so I don't know. I was fucking like 13, 14. I can't remember how, how old. I'll paint the picture. Was this a missionary situation? Yeah. Because that, that's all I could think you can okay, do. Okay, I'll paint the picture. My dad listens to this show. Okay. I don't what know if he Phillips? needs to hear all this. <laughs> okay. So, okay, so we're on the waterbed, and we're laying next to each other, oh, and yeah. we weren't like even dating or anything. Mm-hmm. But you, we there was definitely some sort of interest there, and even at- well, uh, Obviously, there was some interest. Even at a young, ripe age- I still kind of knew that that's what was going to happen. So, like, we started messing around in that way, and <laughs> it just sort of, like, it happened. And, of course, it was, like, my first time. I could, I don't think it was her first time. Um, she knew her way around the equipment. She, she brought a circle you know, to the waterbed party. But, <laughs> but it was cool because it was one of those situations where, like, it happened, and it was just for fun, and there was no weird holdups about it, and we didn't ever date or anything. But it was like, oh, well, that's out of the way. Now I can, like, not have to worry about all that. Like, now I understand a little bit more about the sexual experience. Would... I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so Me too. Was it the most beautiful thing in the world? Well, I wasn't smoking pot at the time. I was stoned. Uh, I know. <laughs> but I can say that uh, it was it was something. <laughs> it's 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 in the memory bank. Are we, so, would you recommend? I'd recommend giving it a shot, but I do think the leverage factor is certainly. It's like fucking on a bubble of water. It's going to be challenging now because you'd have to find a waterbed. Yeah, you have to use like gravity <laughs> to kind of the motion of the ocean, <laughs> yeah. so to speak. Yeah, like you <laughs> kick it. Do you do you have a waterbed? Uh, experience here as well, Hogan? Oh, no. I was oh. just curious. Anybody had. Because you, you sounded like... Yeah, you're like, oh, you haven't? What, you loser? Oh, no. I just figured between the three I of us, that somebody too. I felt that judgment. I and that's the <laughs> reason Nate let it up. Like you were, We felt judgment, so Nate's like, well, now I have to tell these I guys. I felt like yeah. the odds were good that between the three of us, somebody had. One in three. Yeah. One in three people have had sex have on a waterbed. <laughs> <laughs> So after the greatest line uh, in cinema history about fucking on a waterbed, the gang chuckles about the waterbed comment. Then one of them says, here he comes, referring to Professor Arthur Brown. That apparently all the ladies on campus think is hot. He's not. He's, he's not. So later when we find out that he's gay, I kind of <laughs> wonder if like that's what the joke is supposed yeah. to be. That like they They're know that he's not them. interested yeah. in the girls. Do we find out though or is they're just insinuating? It's I insinuation. Thought, I, yeah, that could have been made up by the... He's like a little lip It's the dean, so. right? That says it? Yeah. <laughs> He's like Lamar. Yeah. Yeah, Lamar's not gay. No. Uh, <laughs> Professor Brown's played by... <laughs> Professor Brown's played by Jack Taylor. Um, and he's always popping up and stuff. He's the priest that Arnold beats up in Conan the Barbarian. Mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was in the, that Polanski movie... Uh, with Johnny Depp, The Ninth Gate. He's still alive and acting. He is, dude. He's still out there. Uh, in the role of horror, uh, our listeners may recognize him from a couple of bangers. Edge of the Axe, which is one of Nate's boner jams, I think. Um, you like that one, right? Yeah. Is that like one of, yeah. It's fun. Uh, and he's also in Rest in Pieces, which Finger Syndrome put out a couple of years ago. And it's pretty good. If that's not out of print for them yet, that's worth snagging if you don't have that. Yeah. It's good. 
Um, the tape for that is on IVE. <laughs> Look at the big brain on Brad. Yeah. They did a movie in 2014, which I just went ahead and ordered off of Amazon called Wax. Why did you order it? Because uh, I want to see it. But why? tell us about it. I don't know anything about it. I solely just based it on... You're just like, he's still in a movie? I have to see it. I was it. like, he's still alive. I want to see it. Oh, is he it a horror flick? Yeah, cool. wow. Yeah. It's a horror flick, though? Yeah. Cool. It's probably about a house of wax, perhaps. Mm-hmm. He was also one of the producers on this film. So. Uh, so this female student walks up to the professor and asks, What are the pectorals? My friends all laugh at me. They say mine are funny. Uh, and he looks at her chest, and he tells her she has nothing to worry about. She yeah. Do- she doesn't, by the way. He's not lying. <laughs> uh, the professor sees her friends laughing, and he just heads off to the dean's office. Uh, and Professor Dean arrives. Uh, Professor Dean? <laughs> Professor Brown arrives at the dean's office. Dean Ween. <laughs> dean Bean. Dean Bean. Sorry. <laughs> Professor Brown arrives at Dean Bean's office, and the secretary informs him that the police think it was an inside job. Oh, I see you have insider information. And then she points out that the gardener found the body and that they still have not found the head, which sets up the precedent that there's missing pieces. Uh, The dean buzzes the professor in and uh, and introduces him to the lieutenant and the sergeant, Lieutenant Bracken and Sergeant Holden. Uh, he asked the professor if he can show the two around campus, noting that the girl was in one of his classes. We discover that Professor Brown is in charge of the anatomy department, which is, is that actually a thing? I think it'd be like the biology department biology or the science department. department. Yeah. It, but, I mean, is that a thing? The, the anatomy department? Like, and if you work in that department, are you allowed to keep the skulls of 16-year-old girls that you don't know where they came from? Yeah. <laughs> just on your desk? Just found and gave to you. Never asked him. Pretty suspicious, if you ask me. Yeah. I like how he throws it back with a chuckle, too. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> those crazy kids. Uh, so. I didn't want to ask him. Who wants to know? The, the uh, Dean Bean requests that the police keep all this as quiet as possible. Classic Jaws shit. Yes. The beach, <laughs> the beach is fine. Yeah. Keep them open. Uh, think of what could happen to the university if this were to be leaked to the media. Um, Lieutenant Holm tells him not to worry because... At this point in the investigation, it won't help us either. We'll do our best. Someone might not want the attention because he hasn't collected enough pieces. <laughs> the, the professor <laughs> mentions he doesn't think he'll be much help, uh, saying he barely remembers the girl. Uh, and then the dean begs him to help because he is just so busy looking after the entire college. Uh, the dean th- dismisses the three men because he has to get back to work. <laughs> yeah. Which is how it works like, if, if the cops are talking to you <laughs> yeah. about a murder... Shoo, gentlemen. Are you able to can you just get the fuck out of here? I got <laughs> stuff to do. <laughs> I'm trying to run a campus here. Uh, so, and so begins the secret investigation into the campus chainsaw murder. Uh, as they walk out of the office, we get the first of uh, an odd running gag in the movie we kind of mentioned earlier, where Lieutenant Bracken asks Sergeant Holden for a matchless cigarillo, uh, to which Holden tells him to give it up. It's distracting, honestly, for me. Every time I'm just like, Jesus Christ, somebody get this man a match. I mean, the the joke being that Holden doesn't smoke. And it isn't a particularly good running gag, but it's just in the movie for some reason. Even when he's not in it, he's always just holding the fucking thing, you know? And like waving it around like a baton. Based on his voice, that dude smoked a Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I think, you know, based on his voice, he's kind of like our boy uh, fucking... 
what's his nuts from the last movie? DB. Dan Haggerty. I think I think it's he's kind of like a Dan Haggerty thing. Like he really is smokes a lot. I think <laughs> there's a yeah. Christopher George's voice. It's, but he's put some mileage on the <laughs> right? on that thing, you know. They didn't let him light it on set because they were worried it might just push him over the edge and we wouldn't be able to understand him. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he'd be Christian Bale. <laughs> With that retainer mouth? Yeah. <laughs> Have you noticed Christian Bale always looks like there's a retainer in his mouth? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can <laughs> see that. Just sometimes notice. <laughs> if any of your listeners have noticed that it looks like Christian Bale has a uh, retainer in his mouth all the time, let us know. Uh, Spracken starts asking the professor about her, about her. Do you know what kind of girl she was? Did she run around with guys? Uh, the professor was then takes... she a whore? That's <laughs> yeah. essentially what he's saying. Is she a whore? Is this where he... This okay. is where he takes him into the classroom yeah. and he shows him the skull. <laughs> Says he, it was a gift from a student. God knows where he got it. <laughs> God knows. Because I didn't ask him as a teacher. A skull of a six-year-old girl. And of course the cops are like, well, can we talk to that student? And he's like, oh, I don't even remember who it was. It's... It's been years ago. Conveniently, yeah. it was in the '60s. Pretty fucking suspicious. If it's you ask definitely me. their way of creating like another option for a possible. Well, everyone suspect. seems like there's a suspect. Fucking well, red herrings everywhere. Well, Except for Ian. Two, Ian two. doesn't make sense because we know 40 years ago is where the killer came from. Yeah, at the very beginning. So it's like that never got me confused. <laughs> it's like he obviously didn't do it. Uh, the the professor asks. You mean it might be one of the boys? <laughs> <laughs> to which Sergeant Holden responds, this is, this is a good line as well. Who knows at this stage, we're just out buying clothes without labels and trying them on for size. <laughs> yeah. That's like a, a great line. Solid cop line, you know? I wrote that down because I just want to be able to work that into my repertoire from now on. Just saying it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely typed it out. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, I'm just out buying clothes without tags just to see how they fit. <laughs> uh, then we cut to Dean Bean, uh, who approaches the gardener, Willard. Or Willard, depending on And he's rocking of. a chainsaw, and he's cleaning that blade, oiling it up. Dude, and he's smiling as he polishes that bad boy. He's so happy about the chainsaw. And he rules. Uh, he's played by Paul L. Smith. Um, who I think most people would recognize him from the live-action Popeye movie, mm-hmm. where he was Bluto. Yep. Um, film Buss will also notice that he was the warden in Midnight Express. Yeah. Um, he was also in Dune. Oh. He was in Red mm-hmm. Sonja. Is he a Harkonnen? Yep. In that? Yep. I he assume. he was in Desert Kickboxer, Caged Fury, Sunny Boy, which is crazy if you have not seen it. I would highly recommend that. Death Chase, which is a really fun... Uh, same director as Deadly Prey and Killer Workout, uh, Gore, Terminal Entry, Outlaw Force, Haunted Honeymoon, Crime Wave, which is a uh, Sam Raimi yeah. movie, and Jungle Warriors. Is that follow up to Evil Dead? And it's just kind of a fucking train wreck, yeah. right? It's pretty fun. I mean, I have the tape. Uh, I, I know that he was in Maverick because I think Hogan likes the Maverick movie a lot, don't you? Mm-hmm. I feel like I recall at some point the barbershop, beautiful Franklin Plaza's barbershop here in Beaverdale, Des Moines, Iowa. Yeah. Uh, I recall you talking about that like for an entire haircut once. Yeah, Maverick with uh, Mel Gibson. Is it good? I haven't seen it, it since it, it came out. And I just don't well, remember. It's uh, Mel Gibson and um, uh, what the fuck is his name? James. Uh, James Conn. Gardner? Uh, James Gardner. James Gardner. Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> so Willard's smiling real big, you know, proudly cleaning that chainsaw. And the dean wants to know when he'll be done working. 
Uh, Willard tells him a week or two, but it won't cost him any more because he isn't charging by the hour. That's just good business. Yeah. <laughs> and, and his voiceover is done by a guy's voice that you would recognize from the beyond, from House by the Cemetery. There's a lot of familiar like, dub voices I, in this movie. I used to know that dude's name, and it's <sighs> just gone, and I tried to re- figure out how I got that information <laughs> or where... That would definitely be like a. I think Nick or Andrew Smeltzer would know the the name of the guy, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I love that voice because it just makes me know I'm it watching won't cost you anything a else. great movie. <laughs> I'll be done as fast as I can. Or you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like the dean walks away, and then Willard just watches two coeds bone in the grass <laughs> because apparently everyone in Boston, in America, in college campuses, just like the study with their butts out. Yeah, just doesn't matter where you are. Have sex in the garden, wherever. You know, just the way we do Water it Water beds. Yeah. Mm. In public spaces. So uh, as Willard watches them bone, we then cut to the puzzle, once again being assembled by the gloved hands of the killer. Then we cut to the library, and we meet the unlikely hero of the film, Kendall. Oh, Kendall, oh, you God. basic bitch. Dude, he's the resident campus heartthrob. Um, women want him. Men want to be him. He is the most generic-looking, limp-dick motherfucker I've yeah. ever seen. Basic! <laughs> Probably has so few credits, though, you know? Uh, he's played by a guy named Ian Sarah, who has a few credits to his name. I haven't seen any of them, um, <laughs> besides pieces. But I'm sure Nate's seen one of them. Because it, there's an MST3K episode of this movie he was in. The Extraterrestrial Visitor is the name. But on... MST3K, it's called Pod People. Oh, Pod People. That's Kendall. I love Pod Kendall's People. the one who's like... Yeah. <laughs> Winged potatoes. But uh, <laughs> It's like an e- E.T.ploitation movie, kind of. Yeah. Um, the beginning scenes of that, there's like an opening credit scene, is just clips from the movie Galaxy Invader. Like, they just heisted them and just have them playing over the credits. Nothing I, to do with the movie. You know, I fucked up. I didn't mention earlier, that movie is a Wampy Care Simone movie. Which one? The the this movie as uh, Kendall the Pod People. Oh, that is. Yeah. The oh, cool. Extra, uh, it's extra pretty fun. Extra visitors. But I mean, I would watch it anyway if I found it. I wouldn't. It doesn't yeah. need that. But I've never so seen funny. it. But I screenshot it because it looks great. It's top ten MST3K. Okay. I, I will have, watch. I have the tape and the DVD. If you want, I'll watch the MST3K it. version. Uh, and it's probably on YouTube for free. If you, oh, want to save, if you want to save some money back from that wax purchase, <laughs> you balance out the Broke books. the bank on that. Um, so a uh, foxy lady named Susan, who's in a USA sweatshirt. You know, I just like, I like point yeah, things. They, they just want us to know that we're in America. America. Yeah. Uh, if you forgot. And she's wearing like cowboy boots and stuff. Uh, she, what else was, what, what else did we do where it was like that? There were fucking American flags all over the place. Is it Ramona? It would have been something that was shot in Canada because we haven't really done like overseas films. It might have been, um, it might have been the brain, maybe. Yes, yep, it was the brain. That's exactly what it was. Yes. I was picturing yeah. shot in Canada. I was picturing the scene with the patio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're like drinking beer and building the patio. And I'm yeah. like, it's that movie. What's that movie? <laughs> it's like, oh, the brain. Uh, it's funny. That's when my brain wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anytime I try to reference that, uh, you independent thinker, you. Mm. So, uh, Foxy Susan in the USA sweatshirt passes Kendall a note that says, "I want to do it underwater. See you in the pool." Yeah, because that's also how 
women were which is also not that great water sex not that great it's really not it kind of ruins all the friction yeah it's hard it takes away lubricant yeah 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 it dries you up. You think it wouldn't though, yeah. because it's You're like I don't moisture. Get it. We're wet. She doesn't want chlorinated. Unless the pool is full of KY, then it might work. Yeah, she's not. Then gonna... it might also feel like you're having sex inside the blob. <laughs> she's not going to want chlorinated water gushed up in there anyway. <laughs> like <laughs> gushed up. <laughs> That's what it sounds. That's a scientific like. word. Gushed. Gushed, <laughs> gushed yeah. it in. Hey, you want to goosh that up in there for me? <laughs> um, what are you doing? Uh, she's played by Christina Cottrelli, who only has two other credits. Her name, I, I don't know. I don't know why I mention movies when people are in only two other movies I've never heard of. I just feel like I still want to give them their credit because this is their one movie. Really, yeah, yeah. You know? uh, she, she nods at Kendall after giving the note like, eh? And then she exits the library. Uh, Kendall then just crumbles up the note because he's not interested. And he uh, throws it at the trash can, but completely misses. And then the mysterious gloved hand of the killer picks up the crumpled ball of paper. This is the first time we see the gloved hand? No. No, we no, saw him putting the other puzzle. We out. haven't seen the delightful loafers that accompany the gloved yes. hand quite yeah. Those are killing loafers, dude. Yep. He <laughs> can get blood all over those things. You just hose them down. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they have a... Anti blood coat mm-hmm. makes it's kind of like a fuck. What's the? Uh, I don't know. It's like Under Armour for blood. What's the? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like Scotch Guard but for blood. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, on the way to the pool to awake Kendall, Susan stops and talks to some of her friends, and they point out that their favorite professor, Professor Brown's nearby. The they ask closet queen. Yes, they ask, "How'd you like to make it with him, Susan? Why do all the girls want him?" It shows like he's got that sexual fucking... harassment. Yeah, they're sexually harassing him. And right before that, we also see the killer putting the torso part of the puzzle together. Oh, boom, 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 so it's like boom, we're establishing boom, this theme boom. that he's uh, putting the pieces together in the area in which he is about to obtain. Uh, and then we cut to the pool and we get some real sexy saxophone music as Susan strips down, dives in the pool wearing nothing but her bikini bottoms. You know, it's that. Yeah. I read well, about this scene, and it was shot in the winter of 1981, and the pool was so cold that this actress almost died of hypothermia. Oh, Jesus. Jeez. Yeah. Probably help if she's being slapped in the face by a giant net. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> What's crazy about really cool. is like, this crazy. is a career. You have to think. She <laughs> must have been. I'm not doing any more movie. This sucks. Yeah. She must have been a pretty decent actress because I can't tell from looking at her that she might have died. Yeah, she doesn't look. Like I she's could tell dying. by looking at her; she was cold, though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Susan's not alone in the pool. The killer's in the room, wearing a hat, face mask, trench coat, his signature gloves, and a lovely pair of loafers. Yeah, he looks like fucking Dark Man. <laughs> He's like lurking in the corner. I don't know how yes, she would. Or the shadow. Yeah. I don't know how she's not seeing him. Yeah, like, she's just too horned up thinking about Kendall. It might be that she's, you know, she's like, my fucking nipples are going to yeah. fall off. Can we yeah. get me out of the pool? Why don't she just keep swimming by just diving in place over yeah. and over? Yeah, right. Like, uh, so she fails to notice while she's doing this that the killer's walking <laughs> towards her, holding a giant net, um, which he then just fucking hits her with when she pops out of the water. And it looks it's like, giant. It's like the nets that they use to clean leaves out of a pool, in yeah. case you're wondering what it looks like. Yeah. And she like, but she's acting like it's really got her. And it's like, just go back under the water. Go down and swim to the other side farther than the pole can go. 
They, but I guess if you know if you had hyperthermia, maybe you're not thinking yeah. that. You know? Yeah, fucking, but your muscles don't move. They like have just to feed at this stay point. out of the way, and like he can't come in there with the chainsaw. It'll make the chainsaw stop yeah. working. <laughs> maybe it's an underwater chainsaw. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I'm sure they exist. They they would. They'd have to, right? Yeah, like for trees that are underwater. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so after the killer scoops, because he just scoops her out of the pool, uh, he gets the chainsaw. Uh, but we cut back to the library before we can see anything cool happen. Thank God. <laughs> uh, we're introduced to Kendall's friend, Myron Schwartz, who isn't really in the film for more than like three or four scenes. Oh, goggles? Yeah, fucking goggles. that nerd. What up, yeah. goggles, you fucking nerd? Uh, uh, he's played by Paco Alves, who did stunt work in slugs. Really? He's a stuntman in slugs, dude. That's cool. That's a connection. Casanova. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kendall's pal tells uh, Kendall that he's been looking looking for him for 30 minutes, and he delivers Kendall a note that was left for Kendall at the dean's office uh, from a girl named Grace. Uh, So, uh, I think that's what they say. So, they don't really make it clear what exactly the note says. No. But somehow this note lets Kendall know that something's amiss at the pool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, his buddy makes... uh, a weird comment about this. This is like one of those moments where I'm like, this feels like a lack of understanding of the English language or something. It's very strange. When he uh, he says something about being the bearer of bad news. He goes, Kendall, don't tell me I'm the bearer of bad news. I could kill myself. <laughs> yeah, which seems extreme. And Ke- and but Kendall he goes, says it in a serious way, right? Yeah, and Kendall goes, no, everything's all right. And he goes, good, I'm too young to die. <laughs> <laughs> but just the delivery is very strange. I could kill myself. Um. Let me cut to the killer dragging a bloody bag into a swanky looking place, breathing heavy. Uh, Get some breathing in there, Nate. Uh, uh, I'm back. Uh, Get in there, Hogan. Uh, Got a bag with a torso in it. And we cut back to the pool, and Willard just strolling in with some, uh, you know, shears. It or was Willard in the pool with the head trimmers, <laughs> <laughs> and he discovers his chainsaw. But I love the look on his face. He touches the chainsaw, and he's like, "Blood." Yeah. We, we should point that the whole movie. Willard has one eye closed, and yeah. the other eye's eyebrow lifted. He well, he picked that up from Robin Williams and Popeye. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just yeah, stuck. Yeah, I'm permanently Bluto. Worked uh, for our worked for Robin. Yeah. <laughs> You want Willard to be funny like Popeye and Ron Williams, right? Uh, that was a character, Willard. Uh, <laughs> my name's not Willard. It's I Will Hart. <laughs> uh, but so this moment's really hilarious because again, they don't really explain why and all how this shakes out or why the cops are there. But like, um, so Willard touches the chainsaw, it's current blood. He's like, "What?" And then he notices Kendall's in the room, and Kendall's like, oh! and he like immediately just runs out of the out room. Of the pool. Yeah. So then Willard follows him. Uh, and then, like, he just steps out the door, and immediately Sergeant Holden and two other cops burst in. And, and Willard immediately is like, I'll fuck all of you! You know, he's like, Bleh! he's yeah. fighting him. It's like, he dude, just, like, hulks out on him. He's gigantic. Like, what is it? Kendall breaks a fucking two-by-four over his head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so great. It's like a WWF match yeah, or something. I wrote down, uh, Willard needs to be in no-holds-barred fighting Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In that scene in the, like, in the, whatever the hell yeah. it is, the steam factory. Or yeah. <laughs> and Sergeant Holden pulls a gun on Willard, and he's like, don't move, or I'll blow your brains out. 
And is that, by the way, is that his chainsaw that he sees, or is this a different chainsaw? This is the same yellow chainsaw that's in the it's whole his. thing. Okay. That's, I, I feel think, like there's just chainsaws laying all over the campus. <laughs> Maybe there's that's only how they do in Boston. That brand of chainsaw in uh, the area. This is when we then uh, cut to the crime scene photographer, our, our boy J.P. Simon, uh, taking photos of the scene. And this is pretty funny. It seems like something out of like a comedy that they're that they're like loading pieces yes. onto a gurney individually bag they're stacking them like it's fucking jenga of like individual body parts on a stretcher it's i call them the leftovers they're, <laughs> they're putting the leftovers on the gurney i don't need those parts well i like that he cut her up that much just to be like which one of these what parts do i need here yeah. well, well it's he the torso didn't go out with a, he didn't go out with a plan uh-huh. no no he wanted the torso oh so, so he, it would be the arms the legs and the head there'd be five pieces and why haul a whole body when he can just haul a torso yeah I mean, you saw... It just makes good sense. He was struggling with that bag with just the torso in it. Right. (laughs) Whoever it is. (laughs) Maybe Willard. Maybe Professor Brown. I don't know. Someone that needs to do some reps. (laughs) He can't carry a torso. Someone who's very strong. Yes. And then Lieutenant Bracken's on the scene, too, you know, with his little cigar thing. And uh, Professor Brown arrives at the pool because he's been called there by the lieutenant. This is where everything starts to go completely fucking bonkers for me. Yeah, this this part's hilarious. Where they bring him into the crime yeah. scene. Yeah. And then, and then yeah. Bracken like, tells the professor, you know, he doesn't want to wait for the coroner's opinion. And he wants the professor's opinion on if this could have been done with a chainsaw. You know, well, it's rather elementary. Oh, Any dude. layman can see it was done with this. <laughs> oh, first he touches the chainsaw and he's like, don't touch that. You could just contaminate the evidence. He doesn't oh, just about touch that. it. He grabs the handle. Yeah. Oh. It's a, yeah. Full hand around it. Yeah. Oh. But he's like, so c- could could this weapon have done it? Well, I'm not a pathologist, but uh, <laughs> even a layman could see it was done with this. <laughs> <laughs> Blood-covered chainsaw by a bunch of cut-up buddy parts. Hmm. What does layman mean? It sounds very insulting. I've I think it's thought. like a dingus, yeah, or dum dum, uh-huh. or doofus. <laughs> but it's like, well, no shit, you can see it. It's also just sitting right there, yeah. next to the fucking covered body. in blood. <laughs> yeah, and then I guess you're gonna clean it up and give it back to Willard. Yeah, <laughs> or like, does this guy just? Have, we know like, you need this to finish well, your I mean, job. Yeah, he's got to finish his landscaping by the end of the week so he can move on to his next job. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> uh... <laughs> but after he tells him that, Lieutenant goes, "Okay, thanks. That'll be all." Yeah. (laughs) uh, And then he's like, well, to hold in, he goes, well, let's go see the dean. Uh, And then as they're walking out, they cut, there's another shot of the paramedics like struggling to balance the body parts. Again, that Jenga body part pile. Yeah, right. That's so good. Could put like, you know, they should have spent more time on those guys and put some like Benny Hill music over (laughs) here. This part, as the lieutenant and the sergeant are walking out, is maybe one of my favorite parts in the movie. Oh, this case is giving me the creeps. Yeah. And he goes, the titular line. He goes, I know. Like, what's, I wonder what he's doing with all the pieces. And the lieutenant goes, that's what I mean. It's creepy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I mean. It's such a good way to have the titular line in there, you know. I wonder what the hell he's doing with all the pieces that are missing. Uh, and then we get the cop, a, co- a random cop, walking up and telling Ian and the nerd dude from earlier that they need to go to the dean's office in 30 minutes. Yeah. Which is weird. It's not like, hey, let's go. Yeah. No. Like, why would you Why would you get them 30 minutes to, like, leave? Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's also a line between one of the cops here that's setting up on the most bizarre and unrealistic plot points of the film. And it's like, look, 
we'll have to put some undercover agents in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that the deans, Lieutenant Brack and Sergeant Holden tell the dean uh, that they need to put some undercover female agents in the school to catch the killer, who they believe maybe a faculty member it would have been funny if it was like a strangers with candy type thing where they like What's up, she's students? a student <laughs> yeah yeah hey, these are my classmates <laughs> she's like blatantly 20 years older than everybody else uh doesn't mean ian doesn't want to smash <laughs> dude kendall kendall can yeah. get anyone i just keep calling him ian because that's his real name kendall sorry uh he'll always be kendall to me yeah uh, as the boys walk to the dean's office for questioning we also left oh. out that, like, she got killed because he was off having sex with some blonde chick. Oh, that's right here where we found out. So <laughs> oh, they cut okay. the boys walk into the dean's office, and uh, Kendall tells Myron not to let the cops know it took him 30 minutes to find him with the note. And Myron asks him why. And Kendall tells him because he was with Alicia, the blonde from anthropology. You made her too? Wow, Kendall. How do you do it? I just whistle and they come running. He's got a hammer on him. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys kind of think in this scene, uh, you guys both watched Seinfeld, right? I kind of thought in this sequence they both looked like the like high school versions of George and Jerry in <laughs> yeah. the flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> after the, when I just, I just whistle and they come running, I definitely put fuck this guy right after <laughs> it. Because like, I've met that guy randomly in my life and yeah, fuck that guy. I mean, look at this. This is some big Costanza Seinfeld vibes here. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. You know, even these, like, hand gestures? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when George had hair. Yeah. When he did McDonald's commercials. Did you ever in see The Burning. Those? Yeah, he was in The Burning, too. Yeah. That yeah, oh, he's like, he's like, let's say it's crisp in the meat. It was like a weird container that you had all the hot stuff on one side and the cold yeah. stuff on the other so you could put it together. Yeah, it, was it was double, called, the, double the styrofoam. It was called the McBLT, I think. <laughs> Can't stand you. Um, I've, I've just got Seinfeld in the brain because Jill and I have been watching it so much. She got that Lego Seinfeld set for Christmas, so we've been like going through the DVD set. They showed up on Netflix, so I've been occasionally watching it one here and there when like we're on there doing something else anyway because it's like 18 minutes. You know? Oh, yeah. It's so funny, man. Um, that Netflix shit, though, they crop like because like they pulled it all in. So it's weird because it's widescreen now, but it's. It wasn't shot in widescreen, so it's almost like... You're losing It's like stuff. the pan scan concept. Yeah. I mean, you're filling screen, but they're, they're modifying it. But there's stuff like the pothole episode. You can't see the pothole. Really? Because the way they've cropped it. Oh. Huh. You also can't see Jerry's kicks ever, and I love seeing Jerry's random 90s kicks. Yeah. So Joe and I watch on DVDs like God intended. His sneakers. His, his kicks. His sneakers. Um... So oh. we're in Dean Bean's office. Yeah, Bracken's breaking it down. And <laughs> this is where the lieutenant truly shows his investigative prowess oh, when yeah. he drops this great line that says, I'm pretty sure the killer is someone on or around the campus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, no shit, Bracken? Did you figure that out all by yourself? Uh, yeah, that's why they pay him the big bucks. Yeah. If only he had some female undercover agents, he could really just crack this whole thing I think open. it's someone that's around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, this area. And this, so, uh, the sec. So, the, and they break it down. That's like the secretary found an envelope on her desk for Kendall, marked urgent. So she took it to the dean, and the dean told her to deliver it to Kendall right away. And Bracken asks him not to talk about this at all. And then he gives Kendall a card, and he asks him to call him when he's feeling better. Which is like, what? I feel like, like if you like 
if you were really trying to investigate this murder, would you just so nonchalantly be like, hey, what's going on with you, kids? Oh, okay, cool. Give me a call when you're feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. He's no, like, everybody's I, a fucking suspect at this well, point. Well, like he says that scene, like real, he does this, like gesture with his hands, like he kind of shrugs and he goes, well, I don't have Except any for questions. all the people yeah. that they, all the people they invite to crime scenes and to be involved in there, yeah, because they're, they're understaffed. It's or like something. the most inept fucking police department, in the, like, in the world. And if it's supposed to be Boston, I'm not sure that's true or untrue, but I'm <laughs> guessing it's probably untrue. I think it's more that their cast was understaffed. Like we'll just have these other characters that are in the movie already be part of the police. They, uh, after this, we get the sweet dance routine scene. And Hell window yeah. peeping. Oh, yes. A Fright Zone classic window peeping. And there's this great, like, robot music kind of shit oh, they're dancing yes. to. I should have recorded that. I didn't. Uh, it's on the soundtrack. Uh, oh, yeah. The killer lurks outside the room doing some window peeping. And it's like, just, it's like, it's a little window. Just for our listeners can visualize this. It's like a dance studio with a bunch of mirrors. And there's like a big one door, but there's a tiny little square window in the door. So it's like none of these women who are dancing in this class notice that there's just a mass man wearing a fedora or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just just his face in this little square it's, window just staring at him. Its only purpose could be peeping. <laughs> there's yeah. no other reason for that window to be yeah. on that door. Like also it's called like, a peeper. Yeah, maybe it's just like if you're not supposed to be in there, like you just don't go in there and it can just be a door. Doesn't have to have a peephole. It, so I got something off of IMDb about this scene. Ooh, please do tell us. During the scene with the woman in the dance class, director Juan originally wanted them all to be naked because he thought that made more sense. <laughs> yeah, it does. But Carmen Aguado, who wasn't an actress but was an actual aerobics instructor that they hired for the part, refused to strip off her clothes. So she told Simon that dance classes weren't done in the nude. They always wore tights. Simon wasn't happy about it, but backed down and ended up keeping all of the actresses' names who he would later use in films who originally said that they would be okay being nude. <laughs> and but not hired... the aerobics instructor? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you will work again. Yeah. You will not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good luck with your aerobics. <laughs> <laughs> with your clothes. <laughs> <laughs> nerds oh man so i miss 80s workout clothes are they ever gonna have a comeback i don't think so i think whatever we record i think yoga has taken over i don't know that we're gonna go back to aerobics like the leggings like the the double layer you know like the the leggings with the unitard over it yeah yarn wrapped around your your ankles yeah yeah leg warmers yeah yeah uh they, they take a break and uh, Mary, played by Silvia Gambino, who has 29 credits uh, in Italian uh, film and television, she delivers a line I really like because the instructor's like, hey, let's take a break. And she goes, hey, Carl, I have to go to the John. Yeah, sure, okay. <laughs> I still the, hey, Carl, I have to use the John. Just like that dialogue just yeah. doesn't seem natural. I got to dump out. <laughs> <laughs> so she heads out of the studio and down a couple flights of stairs on her way to the toilet while the killer pursues. Isn't this the strangest fucking corridor? It I is. was going to say, for locals, I don't know if you guys have ever been in the bathroom in the basement of the art center. <laughs> it reminds So if you go into the art center and you ask to the use the bathroom at the front desk, they do have other bathrooms deeper in. But if they see your able body, they'll go, it's down there. And you go down a hallway, down two flights of stairs, down another hallway, and it's this like tiny little, it's always super hot in there. Is it dimly lit? No, but it's like very like. Is there a dance studio? Old <laughs> elementary school, like you know, tile. Like I don't know. I 
I love it for some reason, but <laughs> it's just so weird. It feels like you shouldn't be there. In fact, I prefer to. Use and you the actually pass there. a couple of rooms that have like just you can look through the windows and you see it's just full of art books. It's like, oh, I want to go in there and look. We at should shit. go there and just recreate the we dance should. scene, and we'll do it in the nude the way J.P. Simon intended. If we're ever in that area, oh, I say I'll take you into that bathroom and show you what's going on. <laughs> recreate the scene in National Treasure where they break into the preservation room. Oh. <laughs> there you go. Uh, hey, speaking of Cage, how about the upcoming movie where he's going to play like a vampire or whatever? He's going to play Dracula. Oh. Like, I'm, yeah, I saw that. I'm on I only board saw for the it. one where he plays himself. I, I think that looks good that too. Yes, that looks fine too. Yeah, that looks legit. There's no trailer for this vampire thing. They just announced that he's gonna play Dracula in a movie. And it's like, yes, like yeah. I'm there. He was Let's in. Go. There's a movie called Vampire Kiss that he did. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a vampire. Uh, so she reaches the bathroom and the door flies open. And it's like a cheap attempt at a jump scare, and she's like, ah, oh! but just like another dancer. And uh, but in the context that she, you know, was like, hey, I have to go use the John, and then this happens. She goes, oh, oh, what a relief. You scared the shit, shit out of me. me. Yeah. I'm like, is, did she actually shit herself? Yes. <laughs> is that why later on she's there practicing by herself? Because she had a bailiff to clean up the shit. out of the frame, Greg. Yeah, dude. <laughs> and shitting in a leotard would be very unpleasant. I very think. unpleasant. Yeah. Because... More unpleasant if you were nude. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's nude, it would have been less of a mess, though, right? Less of a mess, but, I mean, it would have been everywhere. <laughs> uh, uh, then we go. We cut to the police station, and Kendall arrives, and he's asked to talk to a psychologist. She would have turned that hallway into a slip and slide. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bracken goes off, and he talks to Mary Riggs, played by Christopher George's real life, Linda Day George. Take us there, Nate. Oh, all I've got on her is that she starred in uh, Miss... Miss... Missing. <laughs> Missing. Missing. Mission Impossible in 1966, uh, and she got a Golden Globe for that role as Lisa Casey. Yeah, in the original Mission Impossible. Fuck you, Tom Cruise. Um, Punk. <laughs> Did you see that clip? I saw like a random thing where it was like two people on a, a flight, and Tom Cruise came. Did you see this? Yeah. And he's just, and they're like, hey, want a drink? And he's just like, first, I don't drink. Second, I fly on the outside of the plane. And he just storms off. <laughs> yeah, and they're just looking at each other like, what the fuck just happened? Like, is he still a Scientologist, I think? Yes. Oh, most yeah. definitely. Oh, he's hard in there. Yeah, yeah okay. Real deep. He is the Scientologist. Yeah. He's as deep as a 3.5-foot tall He's being replaced, repla- be. though. I can't, I can't think of who. It's some other person in Hollywood now that, like, is being. A younger. The spokesperson. Scientologist. Yeah, yeah, because he, Tom, like, replaced Travolta. And now someone else is replacing Tom. Like Travolta is not a Scientologist anymore. No, he still no like is. The, he's they want they want to take important. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who's the hottest actor they can put? Yeah. In, you know? Not like sexy hot, just like you know. Yeah. It's like Bradley Relevant. Cooper or someone. No. <laughs> It'll pop into my head randomly. Is that fucking dude from Parks and Rec that gets every movie role now? Chris Pratt. Yeah, is it him? It's funny. I almost no. joke. I can see Arnold be like, no, no, like no Scientologist be married to my daughter. You know Chris Pratt's married to Arnold's daughter? I did not. Can you just imagine that? Chris Pratt's That's your fucking father-in-law. That'd be intimidating as fuck. Or awesome. I'd just like, be like, hey, every up, Saturday, Dad? can we watch Terminator and Terminator 2? It's like, Forever. tell me all the stories. <laughs> well, yeah, it's okay. Here, have a stogie. We'll tell you the story. Uh, but yeah. Uh, what's, what? what's his daughter's name? Miss Terminator? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Man, there's a lot of Scientologists. Who else is Kirstie Alley's a Scientologist? Really? Danny Masterson. Kirstie Alley was kind of crazy for a while. Does that make sense? Katie Holmes, Jenna Elfman. Jason Lee is a Scientologist? No, the skater? Yeah. That's a bummer. 
I guess he did mm. name his kid Pilot Inspector. Get Priscilla that kid Presley. off the escalator. Oh, that kid, that kid is back <laughs> on the escalator again. Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, what else was Linda Georgian? So I had some more notes for her. Oh, so uh, in addition to Mission Impossible, she had a pretty successful career in TV because of Mission Impossible. Um, she just had guest spots in various shows throughout her career, I think, because that was kind of her bread and butter. She was known in television land in that in that time. Um, she often co-starred in various movies with her husband, Christopher George, um, who's the lieutenant uh, in this film, um, such as Gentle Rain, um, Chisholm. Chisholm was another John Wayne movie. Mm-hmm. I yep. didn't. We didn't mention that for Christopher George. Yep. Pieces and Mortuary. She so um, and as for Christopher George's death, she gave up acting. She had like one more movie, and then was like, "I don't want to act without him." And she gave it up. But she's still alive. She has an Instagram ran by their kid. I know it's because Jill follows it. Huh. So, what up, Linda Day George? If you're listening, because they don't make phones with big enough buttons for her. Because <laughs> she's like ninety. She would be really old, right? Yeah. Yeah. What she would? Thirty-one. I think she was born in. She saw King Kong when she was two. (laughs) She saw the real King Kong. (laughs) She's that old. (laughs) Bracken's talking to her, and uh, Kendall interrupts the two, and he immediately recognizes Mary Riggs and asks, what is a tennis champion doing in this place? To which she responds, this place is my living. Yes, this tennis champion is a cop. Yes. This yeah. movie couldn't get any crazier. Dude, I was watching this with Bickley, and Bickley goes, fuck the rest of this movie. I want to see that movie. Yeah. How <laughs> well, it's like, you're happen? watching, right? How's about to happen? <laughs> it's like, how did she become a cop? They don't even tell you. It's yeah. great. It's, yeah. Um, and Kendall can't believe it any more than we can. He He's like, what? Yeah. Um, and Bracken then lets Kendall know that Mary is going to be the undercover agent working as the campus tennis coach. She'll be playing so much tennis, it'll be coming out of her ears. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. There's so many good lines in this movie. Yeah. Kendall thanks them both for trusting him to help. And he goes about his day, just leaves. And Mary doesn't seem to understand why they had to tell Kendall about her being undercover. Um, <laughs> which I record this because I think this is just, just, you know, the idea of, you know, a tennis coach is going to go undercover. Yep. And they're telling this Ram college kid that she's going to be there undercover with the cops. And yep. she's like, well, why would you tell him that? Well, they've effectively deputized him. Yeah. Like, at this point. Yeah. It's like, like why would you tell him that? Look, Mary, we're shorthanded. I've got no one I can send in there with you. <laughs> Her side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and did, did you guys also notice the aggressive typewriter sound in the yeah. entire police station? <laughs> yeah. Like, he was saying, he was all typewriter. Mary, we're shorthanded. I've got no one I can send in there with you. Someone's just, like, fucking slamming that typewriter in that police station. They're making out reports, man. There's a killer on the loose. Killer on the loose. Better try to hide. <laughs> it's uh, your time to die. I should record the line he said that he goes, I trust him. Yeah, with my life. <laughs> yeah. like, I, how long has he known this kid? For a few hours. Yeah, not a day. Like a, yeah. <laughs> Look, I trust him with my life. We're gonna we're gonna fucking deputize him, and uh, sometimes he's gonna he... look out for you. We're not gonna give him a gun or anything because we don't trust him that much. I stake my life on him. Yeah, but he is a little weak, weakling, basic bitch. Yeah, he'll take care of you. And, then, and that's why like, she's like t- talking about she's nursed. And he's like, that's when he says the tennis line, but it's going to be coming out for your ears. Yeah. What's that even fucking mean? 
Uh, I don't know. It if can't. you got tennis rackets and tennis balls coming out of your fucking ears, you need to go to a hospital immediately. It's a wonder you're not already dead. Yeah. Uh, just then, someone else shows up in the police station. They really milked this police station scene. Uh, Sylvia Co- Costa. Sylvia Costa. Oh, from the Boston Globe? Of the Boston, yeah, Boston Globe, Globe shows up. Yeah. She grills Bracken on the rumbling she's heard about the university. Rumors of a maniac on the loose. A killer on the loose! My favorite part is that he says, Miss, there are rumors like that every couple months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, What? Like, every couple months, there's someone saying that many people are being murdered on campus. There's a lot of crime in America. Yeah. I don't know. It's commonplace in America, on our college campuses. It's a wild west out here. Uh, the reporter's played by Isabel Luke. L- 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 I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Uh, <laughs> Isabel uh, appears to have been successful on television overseas with 47 credits to their name in television. Mm-hmm. Good for her. Uh, and we cut to the least exciting tennis sequence in uh, film history. The heads going back and forth. I'm glad that they did the that. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I was thinking, like, they never show them in the same scene. I wonder if they just said, like, okay, left. Right, right, left, right, right, and then shot the tennis scene. But there is a couple shots where you see the ball flying by. Just, yeah, but yeah, just playing catch with it. Yeah, <laughs> for a tennis champion, don't you guys think Mary Riggs' performance is pretty whatever? Yeah, I mean, she does. I mean, I'm no tennis expert. But. She does beat her like forty to fifteen or something. Well, I was reading about this too in on the IMDb page, and it says like if you look at how she's hitting it, there's no way. Like, with the angle she's hitting the ball, like, it would be fucking in another court. It'd be fine <laughs> yeah, hitting those you know? people in the face yeah. in the bleachers. Um, yeah, she's not in. She does not know what she's so doing. So is no. Bickley pumped to get this tennis footage then, right after that scene? <laughs> yes. Yes. Shout out, Bickley. So, game set and match to Miss Riggs. <laughs> and then the music that comes on the loudspeakers could straight up be used on Curb Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah. It's like... Bah, bah, bah. You know? And everyone's cheering. There's like... It sounds like a stadium of people cheering, but there's like 28 people there. <laughs> yeah. At the most. That's being generous. Yeah. I'm thinking like and crew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then Miss Riggs and uh, Dean Bean have a brief chat about her being on campus. Dean Bean. <laughs> Dean Bean. Ooh. Uh, and that's my Mr. Bean noise. Uh, and then he asks about what will happen with Willard. Uh, and we learn that he, Willard's being released and he's going to be coming back to work because there's no evidence. Yeah. So I love that. Like, he's like, what about Willard? It's like, ah, there's no evidence to home, so we release him. He'll be coming back here He'll and working right again. Here. Yeah. You know, Aren't he you has happy? to finish up some work. I feel he's like, still got that chainsaw of his, right? I feel like people off. have been committed for less. You know, yeah. like what about the fact that he people have gone to jail for life for nothing? Yeah, literally nothing. <laughs> yeah, just because they have like a bad restitution when it comes to like not wanting to be in jail, so they'll just try to like say whatever to think they can get out of it. But yeah, that's like, oh shit, I accidentally confessed to a double homicide. <laughs> yeah, lawyer up. Yeah. Don't tell them anything. <laughs> you know what you tell the cops when they ask you any questions? I want to see my lawyer. Yeah, immediately. Yeah, that's all. Willard's like, I don't need a lawyer. I have to get back to work. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to run a business here. Here we get a little that yeah that walk and talk where they do that. Oh, and then the reporter shows yeah. up again, like we just on last scene, which and she wants to have a word with the dean, and he and Miss Riggs just avoid her and walk away. Now, to me, if she was just at the police station, the reporter, and she saw the tennis champion Miss Riggs there. And then immediately went to the campus to question the dean. 
and the woman she saw at the police station was there. Wouldn't that just confirm that her suspicions about the maniac on the loose? Has she put two and two together that the professional tennis player is also a police officer? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what kind of reporter is this? Yeah. I don't know. She, she just, works for the Boston Globe. Well, and even when we left the police station, the cop even goes, I got to go. If you have any questions, talk to her. Oh, yeah. So we assume there might have been an off-screen like, interaction between the two where they she'd know like what her voice sounds like yeah. and everything. <laughs> but no. It's like, did I just fuck the cop I just saw at the police station it's who's like, also the famous tennis champion? Like, don't you work for the Boston Globe? Wouldn't you know that she's the tennis champion? That's the cop. The whole thing. Yeah. Is the Boston Globe a pretty This is where the movie newspaper? falls apart. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't fall apart. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to the killer once again doing some work on the puzzle. And then we cut back to the dance. He's studio putting the arms on now. Yeah. And then we cut back to the dance studio, and the dancer that shit themselves earlier is uh, doing a routine by himself, probably because they missed the rest of dance practice because they shit themselves. Yeah. Uh, she's working on her moves. And, uh, Got her we'll... sick boombox going. Oh, yeah. Dude, it's, it puts out a lot of sound for how tiny it is. It's, it's, like, the size, it's like the size of an 80s pencil case. Yeah. It's comical when she bends over to turn it off. And like modern, like you can get like a big sounding little tiny JBL now. But in the 80s, a little boombox that big didn't put out that yeah. sound. Yeah. Put this out whole, tiny sound. This whole fucking scene was really strange to me because it's like she's listening to music. She hears a noise. But shrugs it off like, eh, nothing's wrong. And then she starts like slowly getting dressed, and then we, as the audience, oh, and there's hear... window peeping during this too. We see some the window whole peeping, time, yeah. right? And but we hear suspenseful music, yeah. And it's almost as if she hears the suspenseful music that we're because hearing. she takes she gets through and she's like kind of running through. I was like, why is she I running? Think she, it's not that. It's like they're setting that tone, but it's also she's rushing. Because she feels uncomfortable. There's just a like vibe. She feels like there's something wrong. But she also, the, well, it's kind of, have you ever been yeah. somewhere in real life though, and you can just tell? Like, it's like a phenomenon, right? Like, you can kind of sometimes just feel someone looking at you. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like, it's like some weird spider sense, or just no. Out, I mean, in you public. ever been that somewhere in life? You just kind of feel like someone's looking. You turn. There's like someone behind you. Like, yeah, I've had that happen a lot. It happens. Spider sense, dude. I mean, you can't look this good and not have that happen. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's like. She couldn't have possibly been doing the same routine. It's completely different. She's doing she's like this her, kind like, of cabaret. She's rolling around. It's more like a almost a strippery kind of dance she's yeah. doing, mm. as opposed to like we are in the eighties. Robots are coming to dance. <laughs> one, <laughs> two, three, four, one. Yeah, it's just it was a very different routine. Uh, this sequence has, uh, to me, some like uh, from a, like a cinematography standpoint. I really like the way this sequence looks. There's some cool lighting and stuff yeah. um, with the peeping. But like after she puts on clothes and she leaves, um, she does check the square window like she hears something. Yeah. So she's that's why she's there's rushing. a vibe. Yeah. And then she's like, I'm gonna get out of here. But I like when she leaves and turns the lights off. The, that shot where it's like kind of like blue lighting. It's dark. Yeah, it's really the cool. Mirror wall opens. Yeah, up. And yeah. And there's like a secret door like that opens in the mirror and the killer just walks out the chainsaw. It's cool. Um which I kind of took as when she started running, maybe she heard after she left that room, maybe she then heard that door open and close again. And she was like, oh, fuck. Right. Yeah. But they should just like, just put sound effect in or something. That, right. That, Give us a little head. But I mean, it's just kind of weird. I just um, seemed like she started getting dressed like really, really fast. Yeah. Like she was worried. Yeah. Why is she worried? <laughs> Tell us, JP Simon, you coward. <laughs> um, <laughs> is he even alive still? Can he tell us? I don't know. I Yo, JP, checked. if you're live listening, let us know why she ran out of that room. 
Uh, but she gets even if you're not, let us know. Yeah, yeah. if you're dead, just come let us know. We're right here, dude. Come (laughs) at me, bro. (laughs) Big fans. (laughs) Where you at, bro? Where you at, JP? Um, No, you're floating around here. Um, she gets to the elevator and is then startled by someone off camera, the killer. Uh, and but she says, "Oh, it's you, sir. You made me jump." So now we know that the student knows who the killer is. He's not a stranger. Uh, the two wait for it's the someone on the campus. Yeah. <laughs> in or around <laughs> yeah. in the general area. Uh, the two wait for the elevator in silence, and then it arrives, and she enters first. <laughs> and then him, holding the giant chainsaw behind just his, back. his back, just gets in without her nosing. So what we were talking about earlier outside with like the snowblower and stuff. Yeah. That chainsaw, if it had gas in it and had been run any time recently, not only is it just the fact that, like, oh, he's sneaking it behind his back, it would smell yeah. like he was, like, Carrying at a gas, gas station playing around with some gas or something. It's like, going to be heavy, too. What do you think that weighs, 20 pounds? Yeah, it's a big old chainsaw. It's not like a little guy. I'm very strong, you know. Because <laughs> I had a chainsaw I got. Uh, we were cleaning out this house, and I got the chainsaw, and it was in a container. It's like, in a plastic little house. And it made my whole downstairs smell like fucking gasoline yeah. for a while because I didn't think about that fact. And then I went down there. I was like, oh, shit. I had to stick it outside and burn a bunch of incense. Probably started a fire, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, once the Elvers move, we get a pretty great on-screen uh, kill here. Uh, the killer stops the elevator and then proceeds to cut the girl's arm off with the chainsaw. And it's, it's a good little effect. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's one of those things that's like, oh, shit, like, that looks very good. I will say it's of note that the chain is never running on this chainsaw. Yeah. Which <laughs> is unfortunate. You mean they weren't really cutting people out? No. And then, we get, and then we get a cutaway, pun intended. <laughs> Kendall gassing up his hog. Where, so we do not see the <laughs> other arm getting lopped off. Uh, he's gassing up the hog, but then there's like the, ah! you know. <laughs> so Kendall and a couple cops then like break into the school. Uh, and when they reach, and somehow they just know the scream came from the general region of the elevator, which is the thing I love. They hear the scream from outside the building, breaking the building, and just Kendall's fucking, you know, he just knows. Oh, and he's uh. fucking barking out orders. Dude, like, yeah. <laughs> they open the elevator, and they see it, and this is awesome, the cop vomits. Yeah. Right? This is probably, I love it when Go for it. people Take just it. get grossed out in movies, and they throw up the new for guy, no he's over in the corner, yeah. <laughs> puking his guts out. They should do that shit more in horror movies. I think about that a lot. That's why it's effective, because like that way, you would do that. Yeah. Kendall's just like, you! There's a phone! You know, there's a phone in the closet down the hallway. He's like, oh, yeah. What he orders the, the... It's the one that threw up to He's like, yeah. oh! He's like, <laughs> Lee and Swan. Kendall's like... Yeah. <laughs> Go phone the lieutenant from the janitor's office! <laughs> <laughs> And he does, and the guy does it. He's not like, fuck you, kid. Yeah, He's right. He's like, oh, okay. I guess we're taking orders from this child. <laughs> you Jerry Seinfeld wannabe son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, and then Bracken and Holden arrive on the scene. We discover that the girl's still alive. Barely. And Bracken tells Holden he wants a guard on that girl 24 hours a day. Then, uh, now will you please give me a match? To which Holden responds, sorry, I don't smoke. And then he just walks away. But he doesn't leave because he walks right back in like a second when they're having a conversation again. Yeah. Um, uh, but then a stretcher uh, carrying the girl cruises past and it's like all bloody and stuff. And Bracken stops the doctor. And the doctor basically tells him like, no, she's not going to fucking make it. Yeah. <laughs> like not a chance. 
which is pretty good. And Bracken tells Holden to do a background check on the staff. It's like, you guys haven't done that yet? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That has not come up in your investigation to do background yeah. checks in at the depth. place. <laughs> in depth background check. Yeah. If you have to, use the department's full budget. Yeah. yeah. There's like, uh, I, like, can he do that? Does he have the authority? I don't know. Well, well, he, they're and this is again, too, where he's like, He's telling Kendall, you know, keep your eyes, keep your eyes and ears open. I need all the help I can get. At this point, Kendall's doing more fucking police work than the lieutenant is. Yeah, because he's smoking. Commonly, he's just not around. Yeah. This and this scene too is um, at some point during this, Oppressor uh, Brown enters the crime scene, asking what happened. And it's the first time Bracken seems suspicious of Brown. He's like, "Where did you just come from?" And he's like, "I, I was upstairs." He's like, "I'll be seeing you later." You know. Um. But uh, <laughs> Willard then walks in too. Yes. And it's the moment you have the full lap of suspects and the lightning flashes and they're all standing there looking it, real suspicious. It's like a fucking clue moment. It's yeah. so it's funny. It's so funny. Well, I don't know who this guy is in the background. Oh. <laughs> He's the suspicious yeah. extra guy. He's most likely. Why isn't the Kung Fu professor there? Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, we thought he could have done it. Right, because he's only on set for. 40 minutes. Oh, um, he's sick. He has ate some bad chop suey, <laughs> so he's not... Uh, I got into that a little yeah. bit. I, did you get into that? I thought you might because your love for like kung fu. I mean, a little bit, but not outside of thinking that it was a fun scene. All right. It's completely pointless. He's a Bruce Lee impersonator. And it's it's <laughs> offensive to anybody that has yeah. any See, sense. I, I got into that. Uh, so t- where are we going next? Then, Nate, take us there. But when You're... you watch kung fu movies, it's not like they don't say shit like that. Yeah. All right. You know, so it's not. What were you going to say about Kendall in the next scene here? Um, no, it's just like he's having sex with this co-ed and was this like the third person he's had sex with since the one girl that he was Everyone maybe going to have sex with got so murdered. He had sex with w- Alicia he was supposed to have sex from with anthropology. In the pool, but instead, the he girl had in the pool wanted him. Yeah. Then the other person, that's why he was late. And then this is the third. Then this is the third. He just whistles when they come running in the pool. And we presume this has maybe been like twenty four hours. Yeah, yeah. So and Andy's been doing policing this whole situation. Yeah. So you know, honestly, honestly, he's gonna make a great detective. Yeah, he's he's good at what he does, (laughs) even if it's you know forced upon him. And he says to her, "People, (laughs) what are you doing? Quiet down." He says, "People would think you're in bed with Chainsaw Charlie." And then he gets up, and while she's oh, this is sitting there going, oh, for the ladies, come though, back too. to bed. You get you see Kendall's package here, yeah, too. This, little wand. I was going to ask you, Nate. On um, the tape, you can't really see it. Was it too dark to see his dong? Yeah. On VHS? Yeah. Me and Hogan and Bickley yeah. experienced the full magic of Kendall's well, package. Congratulations, yeah. you guys. So we know what the hubbub's about. You can draw it for and me it later. It wasn't really much. His it's bush pretty... was just as extended from his body as his dick was. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it looked like a hedgehog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Ken Dong, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yeah. uh, we then cut to the tennis champion walking the street. And then we cut to the killer walking. Who's oh, you missed pursuing... the wonderful oh. line of her going, what if you gag me? I wouldn't make any noise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's trying to do anything to get him to stay. She, yeah. she wants more Kendall Ash. She needs more Ken Dong. <laughs> Give me the Ken Dong. But he's like, no, shut up. I'm out of here. Because he, he spots the the, the uh, tennis, tennis champion. champion out the window, and he's got a motorbike. And he's thinking, man, I'm going to bang her, too. Yeah, <laughs> He definitely is, yeah. He wants to do four on the floor in 24 hours. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so 
yeah, so then we see her walk around, but we also get cuts like the killer walking, like he's pursuing her. Um, and then she turns a corner, and suddenly Bruce Le begins kung fu attacking her. She pulls a gun on him. He's she, great, too. Oh, he's yeah, he's on it. And she knocks, uh, she pulls the gun on him, he knocks the gun out of her hand, and then she kicks him right in the nuts, and there's like a, a sound of a gong, and he just falls <laughs> down like a sack of <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's rough. Uh, and then Kettle pulls up on his bike, and we learn it's his kung fu professor, Mr. Chow. Mr. Chow then goes on to explain. Mr. Chow. Yeah. Yep. Okay, go on. Uh, he goes on to explain he was out jogging, and the next thing he knew, he was on the ground. He's got a bitch in Adidas tracksuit. And he says, it's something bad I ate. Bad chop suey. So long. <laughs> yeah. Um, Good thing that happened. Man, I hate when I'm out geocaching at night, and I just get attacked by a Chinese <laughs> dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the English translation is what makes that scene... Uh, it makes it seem more racist than the original. So, I uh, I did view the film in its original Spanish audio track, right? Mm-hmm. And the subtitles for that make much more sense. Mary says that she went outside because she saw someone in the garden, and then Mr. Chow goes on to explain uh, he was outside like practicing his moves at night, and he got attacked, so he was pursuing the killer. And that's why he turned the corner like, ah! Oh, they then, cut course, that part out, maybe? They don't show it, but oh, they just, okay. that's what the dialogue is. He explains why he was there. Right. He's yeah. like, he was like, I was practicing, and I got attacked, and I was chasing him, and, you know, then I turned the corner, and next thing I knew, I, you know, was on the ground. Oh, can you imagine being him, and you see the cut from America, and yeah. it's like, oh, chop suey! You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. my God. Well, and then it makes I mean, sense, you too. the line. You had to have some inclination that they were probably going to do something like that, right? Well, it, th- might, it probably wasn't him. Yeah, I think it's dub. Oh, uh, really? Yeah. So they just dubbed over his original audio. Well, and the thing, too, like, it, it makes more like. sense, because then, of course, he fights her, because she pulls a gun on him. So he turns corner, and then all of a sudden one pulls a gun, and he's like, fuck, so he has to, like, fight, you know? It makes sense. Right. So it's, like, it's interesting to me. That talks, I, I think it's also interesting that then, like, the culture of our country, that at some point in translating that film, they're like, no, 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 those lines don't, aren't going to fly in America. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, I just want to talk about something that was interesting. But did either of you guys get more info on that actor, Bruce Lee? Is it L-I? It's L-E. All I found was that he is a Bruce Lee impersonator. Yeah, yeah. There's a series of those, and a lot of those movies are really good. Him personally, I know the Bruce Li a little more, but maybe I'll look into it update later. Um, but yeah, I know he he was like one of the main Bruce Lee clones. Like, there's like Bruce Li Le um, Leigh. Like, like there's all these different Bruce Lees, and he was in one of the Bruce Lee like clone movies where there's like. A bunch of clones of Bruce Lee. Okay. I, I can't tell you what the title is, though. Yeah, but. I definitely got suckered by a couple of those when I was younger, you know, long before IMDb or yeah. anything. And that's how those people got away with it, is that, like, you, you're you just a kid that likes kung fu movies. Like, oh, I've never heard this Bruce Lee movie. you're at Osco Drug, and there's, like, a Osco. fucking $5 bin of tapes, and you just see Bruce L.E., and you, you're an idiot kid. You're just like, hell yeah, this is going to be, like, fucking... Enter the dragon, <laughs> and then you get home. And you're just like, who's this guy with a bowl? Cut? That's not Bruce Lee. <laughs> kind of looks. He's shorter. He's not as good, but it's still pretty good. But they were always fun movies. I always watched them more than once. I never like felt totally ripped off or anything. Oh, also instead of calling him in the in the original version, instead of calling him Kung Fu Professor, he says, "Oh, it's Mr. Chow, my Kung Fu instructor." Yeah, which 
makes sense because there's not makes a kung fu professor. Sense. I mean, maybe there are. Uh, he did a lot of movies for the Shaw Brothers. Sure, yeah. So, um, there's that really cool looking Shaw Brothers collection that Arrow just put out. That's uh, that's. I'm all probably gonna like, get it, but I'm hoping that what happens is that shaped. they overprinted it. Yeah. For like the demand of that kind of a thing, and that like maybe in six months they'll just be like half off for no reason. Well, Arrow. <laughs> so Hogan knows because Hogan and I both do this. I think when every year in the UK. Mm-hmm. They do a 50% off Arrow sale on Arrow's official site, but it's the UK store. So you have to, before you buy any of them, you have to do research because, like, Arrow doesn't region lock all their discs. Yeah. They all say it's for that region, but they don't lock all of them. Yeah. So there's some titles that even the the locked foreign pressings are, will, will play here. Yeah. yeah. So, so Hogan like, and I both do that every year. And, you, and then you type in, like, you know, whatever it is, and then you, you hit, like, uh, US, you know, it'll. Pop down and tell you if it's region locked. Or I not. have a I have a saved um it's kind of spreadsheet. Tedious. Yeah, I have a spreadsheet. But yeah, next year it. I can give you. A, I have like a spreadsheet. I'd like to see that spreadsheet. Yeah, but uh, what next time it still happens, we'll, we'll all get in on that. Yeah. yeah, but that's I'm kind of hoping that's one that isn't locked because that that's the way to get air. I like Arrow's actually my favorite label in the business. Yeah, because I think they're the best blend of like Scream Factory to me is usually more like the major studio stuff, but good stuff. Yeah, usually. And Vinegar Central is more like the the weird, obscure trash. Arrow to me is the right blend of of both extremes. Yeah, you know, they do. Um, and that's my favorite label. Like I wish they did a subscription like they Vinegar just re released Mallrats, and they're starting to do more stuff like that. Like they they did a couple John Hughes movies. They mm-hmm. did Weird Science, um, Sixteen Candles a couple years ago, which is cool. Like I still buy some Mill Creek stuff every now and then, depending on what it is. I'll buy almost any Mill Creek because it's so fucking cheap. Yeah. It's like, like I bought the cowboy way. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I love that dude. That kill at the end of that movie is great. Yeah. the lasso train thing. Do you, you see it go bump bump? This is again two side note, but there are two <laughs> movies. There's one called The Vanishing, um, with Kiefer Sutherland. Yep, and I think he was maybe the like the the villain in that. Like they abducted his wife. Yes. I remember that being fairly decent. I yeah. Seen oh, season no, one, twenty four. But then it's a remake of a French film. Is it called the same thing? Which I have that too. Um, and then the other one. Do you remember that movie Breakdown with Kurt Russell? Yes. I have that sitting next to my TV. What's that about? Is that like that? It's like him and his wife, and their car breaks down, and for some reason, she goes with the truck driver. Yeah, that's that movie. I have seen that. And she like disappears. I want, and I'm gonna watch that like. Maybe I know they're, I they're I different movie. movies. But I haven't seen it in a long time. They're different, but for some reason, my brain's always mixed that and you turn up. Right back, oh, you know, we have Kurt Russell where like, the truck driver takes his wife, you turn. That's like the Oliver Stone movie. Yeah. With J Lo and stuff. I don't remember that. It's if you want to come over like and Sean watch Penn. it with me sometime, I would do that. Yeah. Watch Breakdown? Breakdown, yeah. Heck yeah, Breakdown's yeah. good. I'd watch Breakdown. It's sitting there and like I've offered it up like when people have come over when I'm printing and stuff and like no one seems. Even my we could have, we have a fright zone coat Russell breakdown party. <laughs> I'll come watch that with you. We'll call come to your media crib and watch yeah. it. I don't know what this voice is. I'm doing. I don't so know like. either. But <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just went for it. I need to stand up for a minute. Let's take a pizza break. Hey, you know what? Oh, Give me a slice. Hey, it's Hogan from the Fright Zone, and I'm in a big fucking hole. While I'm down here, I figured I'd just say thanks for listening. Yeah, like and subscribe. And if you're on social media, hit us up at Fright Zone Podcast on Instagram. Or drop us a line via email on our website, thefrightzone.com. You know what's cool? 
the fact that you take time out of your busy day to listen to the Fright Zone podcast. Please take time to rate and review the show on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you listen to the show. You know what else would be cool? What? I can't hear you! Well, it would be cool if you could check out our new Patreon page, which you can find the link for on our website. Anything helps us to get Hogan out of this godforsaken hole, whether it be a rope, a ladder, or some kind of chain. And hurry! The defecation bucket is reaching maximum load capacity! Oh, God. And now, back to the program. Why are you guys making those noises? Help! And we're back. Still got dress coded at school, and from what I can gather, the teacher essentially said that what she was wearing was inappropriate, and Stella offered to change into her gym shorts, which were at the school, and the associate principal said no, Um, and Stella said, well, I can pull my shorts down a little bit. And the associate principal also said no, that she thinks it would be better if one of her parents brought her something different to wear. Well, I, what? I'm going to show you what she was wearing. Okay. Should we share this on our Patreon page? What this, they're in? Can this be your next piece? <laughs> What's wrong with that? Let me see. I don't what? understand. Because her thumb... The shorts... Is under the short. Yes. But as you can see, like, Stella has, like, a short torso and really long legs. So she tends to, like, hike her shorts up a little bit. Anyway, it's turned into a huge thing. And this fucking woman called the house. Luckily, I wasn't there. Aaron spoke to her. Okay. And this woman kept, like, saying how Stella's outfit was crass. Who uses that word anymore? But they... I mean... it's a. Is it's not even a. Is it a skirt? I mean, it looks like it's like they're just they cotton like sh- shorts. They look like shorts to me, and she has leggings on underneath. Correct. So I don't know what the fucking issue was, but I mean, anyway. it's not like they're hot pants where they're like crazy short. It's like she's wearing booty shorts. Well, this woman starts to become like very like irritable with Aaron, and Aaron's like, "Look, I would just like for you to give me a writing or an explanation in writing so I can have it," you know for record and this woman is like refusing to do this and getting like really irate with Aaron and Aaron's like well okay well maybe I should just talk to the principal then and this woman's like fine I'll get her on the phone right now and Aaron's like okay cool (laughs) so she like disappears for a few seconds and then it's like well she's currently unavailable (laughs) and Aaron's like all right well I have a photo of what she wore so we'll just show it to the principal and the woman goes yeah, that's probably not going to be necessary. I know how you can manipulate photos to make it look differently than what I saw. <laughs> Just say, get me the principal right now. I'll text you right now. Oh, yeah. So Aaron has <laughs> sent, like, a separate letter to the fucking principal and CC'd this woman in on it. And what, they, what the woman doesn't know is that Aaron was, like, recording this conversation with her. So... Oh, we can really prove what a huge bitch this person was being. (laughs) Nice. She sucks. So she had on speakerphone that was recording it. Yeah. Who is she? Another device. She's like the assistant principal. Oh, okay. And the thing is, is like the way that she said it was totally unnecessary. All she would have had to say was, you know, according to our dress code, if, you know, if your arms are by your side and your thumbs can touch the side of your leg, 
you know, that's not in just too in, short. That's not in, you know, compliance no. with our dress code. That's all she had yeah. to say. Instead, she went into like great detail about like this is crass. Your daughter was, looks horrible. Yeah, this is she, like Aaron said she she's a whore a dozen times. That you know? kind of crap. Yeah. Yeah. It's like totally unnecessary. So fuck that shit. I'm going to have that woman's badge. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going in my locker. Yeah. Do you want me to leave cut that out or is I don't that care. too? No, I, that's I, fine. You were looking forward to that stuff with the twins? Oh yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is the world going to still be here? <laughs> How here's here's a question Nate. How will Emily handle it over you? Um, well, you know, she's a teacher. So you're in the same so situation. So more diplomatic. Yeah. I mean, I think she has a little bit more of that. I've got the like if anyone ever fucks with my kids, I'm going to beat the shit out of them kind of vibe. Right. Um, I hope that doesn't happen cuz I'm not kidding. <laughs> if like there's some bully oh, that yeah. picks on Freddie or something. Had she been there when I delivered the pants, it probably wouldn't have gone through. Well. Yeah, right. <laughs> I guess she would have been there standing there with her or something. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Well, you talked about that one time uh, on one of these episodes you were talking about being at the playground. Someone like pushed Freddie and you were some like, kid, you don't want to do that yeah. or something. Yeah. Right. No, it was. Yeah. There was this old. It was a slightly older kid. And uh, I freaked him out. One another time was I went to go pick him up from school, and if you're there, they get to play on the playground. But if they don't have a parent, they don't get to. And this kid that was like a few cl- grades older was trying to tell Freddie to stop playing on the playground. And I'm like, I go up to him, I go, "Hey man, like, what are you doing?" And he's just like, "He shouldn't be playing on the playground." I go, "Oh, you work here?" <laughs> I go, "What's your job here?" goes, no, no, I'm just trying. And I go, well, I'm his dad, so you can go away now. <laughs> and he walks away, and I'm just like, maybe I was kind of an asshole. Like, I was totally How an asshole. How old was this kid? Oh, fucking, I was three, maybe a 10-year-old. <laughs> maybe 10. And this, <laughs> this is me with, like, my patch jacket on and shit. Yeah. Bullet belt, like. You look like, intimidating oh, to a child. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then he comes walking back over with a teacher, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm going to get it. And she comes up and says, I'm so sorry about him. He shouldn't have said anything to your kid. We're yeah. sorry. He's here to apologize so then to took, you. Nate took her head. And they said, fuck you. Nate to took the her team. head yeah. and his head and just cracked their skulls together. Yeah. <laughs> I walked away. <laughs> and Freddie got a like commando, star. You start killing everyone in the playground. <laughs> but I also That's know funny. that, like, he's got to, like, go through his own shit. And the girls have to go through their own shit. And that's what makes you a good person. Like, I, you know, I, but I remember like being at one time at the fun factory, this, we were playing this game, uh, my brother and I, and these older kids pushed us or no, they, it was one of the, it was a wrestling game and whoever hits start after the quarters inserted gets their energy refilled. Yeah. And we put our quarters in and they hit their energy bars and like we told our dad and my dad went over and like grabbed the machine and used his body to push the teenagers off the machine. <laughs> and I was just like, that's cool. <laughs> I just remember thinking like, that's, I mean, it was for like 50 cents. Shout out Papa <laughs> Phillips. Um, so let's get back into this shit. So after the weird Bruce Lee sequence, we cut to Sylvia, the Boston Globe reporter creeping around campus looking for that big scoop. Uh, the it's killer... kind of, can we say that it's kind of confusing? Because I thought this was Kendall's 
unfucked girlfriend. I thought the yeah, I thought the gag me lady initially, I, like first couple lines lost me. I thought he was banging the reporter. Right. But then you watch it and you're like, oh no, they're different women. That's right. the director's cut. <laughs> where he fucks everybody uh, in this movie. <laughs> it just seemed kind of unnecessary for the reporter to even be there again, you know? Like yeah. just make it his girlfriend that was like, Kendall. Yeah. Or he, he should have been sleeping with the reporter because she wanted the scoop from the big man on campus. Right. Yeah, but we you know it's could... not really that big of a man. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it's not as unrealistic as like girls being in girls in their twenties being interested in Charles Bronson. <laughs> <laughs> it's still pretty unrealistic. So the killers lurk in the shadows, following the reporter, and uh, of course the reporter ends up in the training room, home of the infamous waterbed mentioned earlier in the film. Goosh, goosh, <laughs> goosh it up, and goosh it on the bed, goosh it on the bed, <laughs> goosh it on the bed. <laughs> yeah, gooshin' after midnight, gooshin' uh, <laughs> till the dawn, gooshin' until the. I've moment. never heard this word for I'm goosh. Gone. It's awesome. I heard it somewhere, and I can't place it, but I heard it somewhere. I've heard, like, gush. But gush? Yeah, gush. Uh, the O, double O. So we get a pretty brutal slow-mo stabbing sequence here on the waterbed. Um, he can't use the chainsaw on the waterbed, because, you know, like I mentioned earlier, yeah. the water will fuck it up. So he has yeah. to use a knife here. Um, and it does kind of give me Nightmare on Elm Street vibes. Because it gets kind of slow. The waterbed. How's this for a wet dream? But that's only because that's the only other murder I can think of that takes place on a waterbed. It's <laughs> not because it has anything to do with like, nightmares. Start to get comically larger as the scene went <laughs> <Yeah>. on. <laughs> yeah, he's stabbing her in slow mo. Like and in of course, the closet, punches like the a bed. knife. You yes. Know? <laughs> I couldn't it's see a the butter knife. I yeah. couldn't see the like chef's magnet full of knives on the wall or anything. But... <laughs> um. But like when he stabbed her, like, so he's also punctured the bed. So it's slow when we get lots of splash in. He stabs her numerous times. There's like red blood in the water. And then he stabs, it climaxes with him stabbing her in the back of the head. And the knife comes out of her mouth. Um, a la House by the Cemetery. Oh, it's it's just wild. It's brutal. Which I think is this year before? I think so. That's 81, I think. Uh, did you guys notice, though, right as he's stabbing her in the head? Before it cuts to it coming out of her mouth, you see like the fake knife, like weep, completely oh, yeah. bent. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a little bit. It's like it's it just yeah, it like crumbles and yeah. t- takes a hard left. <laughs> it's pretty funny. You like, can't like, tell. Why don't you cut it right then? Like like that's like one like half a second of editing. You, you cannot tell as much on the VHS it's like tape. JFK's magic bullet. <laughs> I proposed there was a second knife back into the left. <laughs> it was the driver. <laughs> um. So Kendall then drops uh, Mary off at her place after the Kung Fu incident. And uh, he asks her if she's going to invite him in for coffee. Yeah. Because Kendall's used to just having sex with every woman on yeah. campus. The but thing he, is, though, she considers it. And he gets a little sugar. Yeah. It's a she little kisses peck. him. She definitely gives him a rain check. Yeah. She goes, if we survive this, I'll maybe. Yeah. I, she, she's like, <laughs> another time. Uh, I'm used to much larger balls. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she, in the script, though, she was supposed to, but Linda Day George was like, "No, we've no, too, I'm not doing that. That would be too much." I'm sure that her husband, Christopher George, Lieutenant Bracken, was also like, "She's not doing that." Yeah, he's like on set. Like, are you fucking serious <laughs> with him? <laughs> this little booger. I'll be seeing you later. Um, uh, Kendall then turns around after she shuts the door. Uh, after turning him down. And we get an unexpected zombie face that for like half a second, you're like, whoa, what the fuck is this? Yeah. yeah. But it zooms out and just his buddy goggles. And he's like, Casanova. 
<laughs> who, who at this point is now wearing a studded vest? Yeah. He turns around like, all right. Is <laughs> it like, maybe it came with the mask? Maybe. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that... Why you hit that when we're talking about him being kicked in the nuts earlier? It's not really uncommon for that period. So we're talking early 80s that quite Look a few it. people that would have like gotten into kind of metal and punk would be nerdy. But yeah, when you see like a full front image of him, <laughs> it's like... And he's got the like skinny belt with the shirt tucked in and stuff. It's like, that's not dress code like you can obviously wear whatever you want he's choosing to wear that right your parents aren't around you don't have to dress like a fucking nerd yeah well, that's Get why he thought he'd mix up his whole image by wearing a rubber mask all the time around campus. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that'll and, finally help him get those women to come calling like they do for Kendall. And why was he there? Was he following <gasps> him around? Maybe he's the kill. Yeah. It's... He should have been in that group shot. <laughs> yeah. Colonel <laughs> Colonel fucking mustard over here. <laughs> um I think that's the last we see of his buddy in this movie. Yeah, Deuces, He's Casanova. There for no reason. Yeah, Casanova. It's like he has a du- he does like a duck call or something weird. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just strange. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, at the killer swanky place, we again get some of that breathing. Uh, and we see him once again enter his freezer where he's working on his puzzle, and the reporter's corpse is hanging on a meat. Hook. It's like a meat locker. It's awesome. Is the meat locker in his house? It seems to it be. It looks like because they he never show the it. Swanky in there. area through like like with the wood paneled walls. It's like a commercial sized meat locker. Because when right? we finally see the body, we don't see it in the meat locker. So I don't know. It's in the yeah. secret compartment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this really is Clue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, we break it out. It's just like Clue. Yeah. <laughs> perfect double feature with the Clue film. Even. It was goggles <laughs> with the skateboard. I think it's a perfect double feature <laughs> with Nightmare and a Damaged Brain. Oh. Have you ever seen it? No. That movie's yeah. great. Uh, You've seen that, right? What year is that? 80. It's also just called Nightmare. So there's a continental big box called Nightmare. But not the anthology film Nightmare. No. Not Nightmare. It's plural. Uh, uh, we get back to the meat oh. locker. Putting yep, the, the legs on the puzzle. Yes. The, so then the next day, a young lady's practicing some tennis when the loudspeakers turn on and once again start blasting that loud marching band music that sounds like it could be on curb. Um, and that tennis player then heads to the showers where we see the killer lurking for the first time in the film like POV style. Yeah. Which, you know, almost elf cam though, which would have been cool. Elf mode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just a little too tall. <laughs> too tall. Um, and not blue enough. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as the girl dries off, the killer revs up his saw, and a chase ensues. Uh, topless chase. Topless chase. It's not just a chase. She only has jogging pants on. And it's it's a cool, like, there's some cool cinematography. I would say, um, well, then, well, before we get to that, they cut outside, and we see Kendall and Mary are also in the tennis court area. But then back in the chase, um, I think we get some of the coolest cinematography in the movie. And, like, this sequence is probably the best, like, to me, horror sequence in the film, like the the editing, the cinematography, the pacing, her performance, just like it just feels really effective. Like, you know, when she's running past the lockers and like the editing, it's like as she runs past the locker, the cut occurs as the camera's panning past the locker. Right. So that's keep zooming in closer to her and stuff like it's just yeah. cool. It works really well. Um, and there's this but element that they her. sort of borrowed for maybe another movie when she gets into the stall. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that. Well, yeah, so she locks herself in the room, and she's leaning up against the door, and then just 
bam, the chainsaw burst in right next to her face. But uh, you want to talk about what they borrow here, Nate? Oh, it's it's the classic. She gets through the door. She closes the door, and instead of, let's say, maybe an axe, the chainsaw comes bursting through the door. <laughs> we do not get a here's Johnny. Yeah. But it's definitely that. Then it cuts down to her peeing herself, where we see yes. that she's urinating, but she's in the bathroom. Why don't you just use the bathroom, man? <laughs> He's yeah. outside of the robot. I'd really like to pee. There's always time to pee. I mean, it's going to be your last pee. You're about to lose your lower Be half. comfortable doing it. <laughs> um... Yeah, and when he's cutting through the door, that, like, shot that's, like, looking through the door, and it's, like, just the little cutout piece, and she's, like, in the corner screaming. Yeah. It's awesome. Like, I just buy her fear. But um, I think the reason she's really selling it so much because she was really afraid. She didn't realize, like, the chainsaw not having the, the chain on and stuff. And I guess they got close to her, and it fucking freaked her out. And the pee is real. She The actress literally is pissing her pants, and the director's like, Zoom in on that. Oh, dude. But she le- actually legit pissed herself. So when you watch that scene, like, that is part why she really seems like she's afraid. That actress is scared out of her mind. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so. It probably felt pretty dangerous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, I, I love that sequence. I think it's the best kill in the movie. And uh, But, dude, when he comes in and then he cuts her in half, um, that is a Great crazy shot. looking effect. It's a pig. Tell us more, Hogan. Take us there. Oh, sorry. I don't know. I don't know. That's just what I read. Uh, I read that. Um, You're calling yeah. that woman a pig? No. In order to you do sure that, they is. got a they got a pig carcass and sawed through it with a chainsaw. That's why it looks great. Really close Cutting through real meat. It it is. It just looks crazy. Yep. Um, and then uh, Marion Willard. No, sorry. Uh, cut to Willard outside. Uh, Kendall and Mary confront him, asking why the music's on, and they try to pin it on him for playing that music, because that's very suspicious that music would be playing. Yeah. Um, you look like you listen to marching band music, <laughs> goddammit. He's like, that's not my job. I just tend to the grounds, not the electronics. But he does know where they are. <laughs> but then he's like, but then he's like, goes and gets keys. He's like, these aren't my keys. So if he doesn't tend to it, why does he have the keys to it? Also, yeah. he doesn't really tend to anything. He was just hired to do a job. It's not like they <laughs> give him keys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. All of his work is pretty much outside. <laughs> yeah. There's no reason that he um, has to be indoors anywhere. He looks like he sleeps outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so then they go to turn off like the music. And uh, while they're doing that, Kendall goes like Mary and Will are go turn off the music on the loudspeakers. And then Kendall goes his own way. Uh, and he returns then to tell them he found the body of Susie Bellings. Did you see it? I also uh, forgot to mention that that is the single photograph on oh, the back of the VHS release. The chainsaw coming through the door? Is the chainsaw coming it's through awesome. the door. And I tried to, I rewound and fast forward and tried to find that this thing. exact moment and it didn't exist. So Different I think angle. this was like a freeze frame. Like they probably just staged this photo. Right. Right. right after she peed her pants. Yeah. Just do it one more time. You know, it's like when you're watching hardcore <laughs> yeah. pornography and you see flashes of cameras going too. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, no, oh, there's pictures out there. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, Which, speaking, do you want this story now? What story is it? Oh, I don't know. You said hardcore pornography, and it reminded me I didn't say it. Nate did. (laughs) I just wanted to say those words together. They will not know who I was pointing at. (laughs) (laughs) You're looking at me, though. I I can't. I don't even know how this came up, but for whatever reason, in the shop, 
recently, we decided that once a day, we will type a non-sexual or non-pornographic word into the Pornhub key search and see what comes up. <laughs> yeah. What's the most recent one? Chicken and waffles. Oh, because delicious. Because having chicken and waffles. Hmm. And it started out like relatively normal. Oh, like, you actually watched it? No, we oh. didn't watch it. I just I saw, in I, the shop. I looked at what the first three videos were. The first one was a woman sitting eating chicken and waffles, nude. Nude. Mm. The other one was a man eating chicken and waffles while getting a foot job. Mm. Slightly strange. Okay. Then the third video, and this is probably... Was just right. I just right. don't understand people. Is the dick through the chicken and waffles? No. It was a dude <laughs> fucking a rotisserie chicken <laughs> in a Walmart bathroom. Was he dressed as a waffle? No. Completely nude. Oh, like he stole it from inside the Walmart and took it into stole the bathroom it, to fuck it. it. Then was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fuck this thing, and I'm going to videotape it, and then when I'm done, I'm going to upload that shit to Pornhub. <laughs> yeah. Because... <laughs> There's never going to be a Walmart employee that's going to be like, why is this chicken all fucked in here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the the physical act. It's like, it's like uh, you know, an American pie. He fucks the pie, right? So I can see why somebody would fuck this chicken. I'm not saying I would do it. But I'm saying from just a pure physical level, I can see why somebody would see think that that would be a good idea, right? See, I think it's borderline bestiality, and I do not condone this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, is it? <laughs> I never thought of it that way. I was still looking at it as food, I guess. But yeah, it's a dead. I guess it's it's oh, a bunch ne- of this shit. It's necrophilia bestiality, dude. It's even wow. worse. <laughs> All right. I'm so glad we had this conversation. Delete search. Uh, so, okay. So, uh so Kendall returned and to- told them about the dead body. Uh so then uh, Mary runs in to look at the body too, and Kendall's like, "No, don't look at it. It's too, it's too horrible." <laughs> and they show the corpse, and it is gnarly with a capital G. Yeah, it's awesome. Gnarly's better. <laughs> Do you there? You want to describe the grotesque scene? Capital G, capital N. Yes. Farley. <laughs> Farley. Farley. Um, it's just really gross. It's like her all cut up, and it looks good. It's yeah, a, it's a. It's, it's just a it's yeah. It's like you can shot. tell that it's an unnatural position, and there's just blood everywhere on everything. And uh, and then here we get yet another insane line delivery that. Um, <laughs> I, also, like, I almost wanted to say wait for it I like between the second and third that you hear like a car horn like <laughs> 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 the yeah. somebody was like yeah <laughs> stop yelling that I'm trying to drive here <laughs> um, but man that scene is that's like an iconic to me in the world of insane uh, performances mm-hmm. you know um, in fact the picture of us for this episode we're all doing that Check it out on our Instagram at Fred's Own Podcast. All right. Uh, and then we cut Sold. the Bracken. Yeah, hey. We cut the Bracken and Holden talking on the phone. And Bracken tells Holden that they don't have any more time. He should take some uppers or something to get him a lead. Yeah, just get me a lead. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's like, what I need is some help. I've been going 23 hours straight, but my eyes can't take it any longer. And he says, maybe I can get you some help. Remember that kid, Kendall? I'll see if I can get him down there for you. Yeah. And this, I thought I was tired. We can't use a suspect. Yeah, this is just shit. This is the only time Holt, like, somebody has said something that's completely <laughs> logical. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, he tells me, he's like, we can't use a suspect. And he's like, suspect? Are you crazy? That kid's clean and you know it. I trust him with my life. <laughs> <laughs> Stake my life on him. I'm going to let him babysit my kids this weekend. He goes, <laughs> after he recovers from the incident. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's he do, Hogan? Oh, nothing. Well, tell us about Ogan. And then the next scene well, that he I says have... he could smell something suspicious faster than we can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say we see the killer putting some shoes on the corpse very crudely yeah, at this point. They don't point. fit. Little Cinderella yeah. action. So they just he just kinda like has him sitting by the feet. <laughs> so can... he needs new feet. And then we immediately cut to uh close ups of Undercover tennis champion Mary's feet as she walks up to <gasps> Professor Brown, <laughs> where um, he says, "Okay, so she says after what I saw and all this, I'm a little spooked out." Yeah, she said, "Can I walk with yeah. you?" Yeah, and it's he's in like, broad "In daylight. broad daylight here in the middle of the campus, like every single murder <laughs> yeah. in the movie has been in broad daylight on the <laughs> campus." Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> Other than the pool scene, they were all outdoors, pretty much. Oh, I guess there was the bathroom, too. But you know what I mean. But they're during the day. It's a very reasonable fear for her to have. Yeah. Regardless of time, if there's been, what, because there's been four murders now? Yeah. Five? Well, let's see. And I... Decapitation, the one we just saw. Well, it's... Elevator. No, it's just heads, torso, arms, legs. Waterbed, too. There's five. Because the girl gets her head cut off. Then the pool. Uh, Sorry. Then the elevator. Then waterbed. Then locker room. Five kills. I'm confused then how the parts work. I don't know. Because one's a head, one's a torso, one is both arms, one is both legs. Yeah. And then feet. Yeah. We want some feet. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, regardless, if there's five kills where you work, yeah, I think it's totally fair to be like, Let's roll together. And she would or also shut the school down. Yeah. <laughs> well, but you don't want to tell the media because you don't want concerned parents about. Well, fuck this. the media; they're dead at this point. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> perfect. And she would Can't also report about the kills if you're dead. And being that she's a police officer, she would know. I would think she they'd still be in contact, where she would have some idea that they're thinking it's someone that works there, which means that they might know who she is and that she's trying. To help the police, yeah. which puts her in even a more heightened sense of danger. I don't know. If they're understaffed, they're probably under budget. I doubt they have radios to convey this. Me- you know, these if messages. If it's just these two men yeah. staying up 36 <laughs> yeah. hours straight. Yeah. Luckily, Take some uppers or something. Luckily, half of the fucking student body has also been deputized. <laughs> yeah. Um. So then they go on a little stroll. And the next thing we got is Ian goes to see the Kendall. sergeant. I keep calling him Ian. I even on, typed Kendall. Ian here. And he's a dick for like no reason. He's like, oh, so you want to play policeman? It's like, <laughs> you guys asked him to come there. Yeah. He wasn't going to do that. Oh, before he goes, though, there's also the weird <laughs> moment 
where like the presser runs off because he's offended by her wanting to like walk together or whatever. And she turned around, bumps in the candle, and it's like, and he goes, it's just me. Yeah. He says it like, oh, like, but then I, it's like, how, how does he have so much knowledge about everything? It's just so absurd. But she's like, hey, do you know where I can find the dean? He's like, well, you won't be able to go talk to him right now, but he'll be back at his house at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Why also, would Kendall know what time the dean gets home? Also, if you he need wouldn't. to make a phone call, the janitor's closet has a, has a telephone in there. <laughs> uh, um, so then, Ken, yeah, Kendall rides to the police station. And, uh, oh, the first, this is another one of those smoking jokes. The first thing he asks him is, uh, you smoke? He's like, no, why does it bother you? I don't like having my environment polluted, especially down here. He said he doesn't smoke. <laughs> you can just stop it. He do- like, oh, yeah. okay, cool. But I just don't know why is that the pl- thing they had to, like, tell us about these characters. Well, like, at that really time, if you know it that would, they smoke. I think at that time, it's probably, like, an 80-20 chance. That that kid would smoke. Yeah. Or that whoever comes in there would. And you can smoke anywhere then. In 82, you'd smoke in a hospital. Yeah. You could ash on a fucking like body scene. in a cancer I know you ward. finally watched yep. the blowout. That opening scene when he's just smoking in the hospital. Yeah. It's like, weird. Wow. It was so strange. I wonder what it looks like to like a straight up like teenager right now watching what a movie where like someone's smoking in an elevator at an airport. Or I think I'd pick, oh, so this guy's supposed to be like the bad guy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Like, dude, we're not that far removed from when you could still smoke in dolls. Yeah. It's like in our lifetime. Yeah. It is weird. Like, remember, like, when you used to get home from, like, a show or something, you're like, oh, man, I like Rika cigarettes. Or, you know, like, cause, like yeah. you just go anywhere and you just, like, smell like smoke. And, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I remember coming home from shows and being like, oh, I need to, like, take a shower before bed because I just, like, you know. But you never smoked. Yeah. See, I so I didn't notice the smoke no. smell on me. But see, I just like I'd get, I would go home yeah. and smoke cigarettes at home. Well, yeah, I like no one my family smokes. Like I'd get home and it's just like, oh, like I need a shower for bed because like it's just like all over you. You know. I didn't notice it until the smoking ban. Yeah. And then I'm just like, that, whoa, like, everything smells. I would go to somebody's house, like if they had like a house party or something, and hang out with people in the garage. And then I would get home and I'd be like, Jesus Christ, yeah. they smell terrible. Ugh. Yeah, it was just so common that you didn't notice. Yeah. In our day, you could smoke wherever you wanted. Mm-hmm. We sound so like this trays. conversation is the most old man sounding thing. Dude, we've now done you have twenty one at the McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Little aluminum ones, one time use. I have a box full, Nate. I'll give you some. Sweet. Uh, of what? Of I'll give you some too. Of Hardy's aluminum ashtrays that they used oh! to have. Oh, I remember those. Were those the little gold ones that had the star on them? Yeah, and then you could like when they were done, they would just crumple them up and throw them. For those not around this those. area, Hardy's and Carl's Jr. is the same yeah, thing, exactly. basically. So then Mary arrives at the Dean's. So at seven o'clock, she arrives at the Dean's. Ding dong. It's- <laughs> <laughs> he opens the door and she's like, I want to ask you some questions. And he's like, Oh, come on in. And he makes him some coffee and tea. She compliments him on how lovely his place is. And it is pretty cool. It looks like a nice pad. Yeah, um, hang there. Good place to put a giant freezer. Place to yeah. volley some balls back and forth. Um, <laughs> she's like, You guys want to play some tennis? Or? Yeah. Uh, I love that. Like, I was going to talk about this. Every time I watch me, I think about this. I love his kitchen. How it's like you have, like, the sink and, like, your cupboards and, like, you know, whatnot up front. And you got glass doors. Mm-hmm. And then behind the glass doors, you got, like, your, stu- your stove and your oven. Like, I think it probably helped keep some, like, cooking stink in there. It just looks cool. I don't know. It's like you're going to talk about. I've never seen a kitchen like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you yeah. keep all that cooking stink in there. Well, you're, <laughs> yeah, you're going to use that little bit more than the majority. Like, you're not 
always going into the kitchen yeah. to like make a meal. Like if you cool. have a grease fire, you're gonna be able to get out real easy. Right. <laughs> it's contained. I was like, there's a high probability though you could like be just doing some in the kitchen, turn with like a pan, fucking to shatter those glasses. Like, God damn it! Yeah. <laughs> um. But I just want to mention that. I don't know if anyone else knows that kitchen. Every time I watch this movie, I know so I'm like, I've never been in a kitchen like this. Also, look again. I didn't instinctually pay attention. Next time no. you watch it, you're going to know. So you're like, fuck, that is a Man, cool that's kitchen. That's a fucking nice kitchen. Did you notice this, Hogan? No. Fuck. <laughs> I noticed it was brown. There was a lot of brown in there. But that's not that, that's not that strange for the time period. It's awesome, dude. We'll check it out later. Yeah, we will. But uh, uh, so she compliments him how lovely it is, you know, and it looks great, and the kitchen's awesome. But uh, <laughs> he asks her how she. <laughs> he. <laughs> she doesn't say that at all. <laughs> she, she doesn't even see the kitchen. No, she says about the kitchen. <laughs> I mean, she. I mean, she compliments the place. She's like, it's a lovely place, and he's like, yes. I thought you were saying she compliments the kitchen. She's like, Dean Bean, this place rules. Can I have your kitchen? Yo, I love this bitching kitchen. <laughs> Dean Bean, let's go buy it to get you, baby. Sure, it's like Wolfman Jack. It's a real weird scene. Uh, and then he asked her how she'd like her coffee, and she asked for some saccharin. And he's like, hey, watching you late. I shouldn't expect you need to do that. Yeah. After all that tennis, yeah. it's coming out of your ears. <laughs> Uh, and then he put some droplets of presumably saccharin in her drink. What the fuck is saccharin? Uh, it's like it's like Splenda or something. It's okay. like a sweet. That's what makes her pass out. Is the that sac? Well, whatever she he puts thinks in there. We're we're led to the viewer to believe he's putting the saccharin she asked for, not oh, a drug. I think even at the time, saccharin is probably a like powder. A powder, yeah. So even the I viewer so at the time would yeah, know. We're like, oh, some this is yeah. I mean, I think. Spoiler alert. Something bad's about to happen. This is like the end of the movie. So, spoiler um, alert on what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Turn back now if you don't want to know. If you don't want to know, that's how the train it... to get out before <laughs> yeah. we ruin the end Hold of the movie. Station. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this is another one of those moments that seems like them just trying to let us know that it's in America. He hands her the coffee and he apologized that's instant. And then she takes a sip and she's like, mm, It's great. I love the cream. And then he says, oh, well, of course, this is New England. Is New England known for cream? I don't think so. I don't and, think so. <laughs> um, instant coffee is really big in Europe. Uh, when we were over there on tour both times, like almost every cup of coffee I had was like somebody would have some instant coffee. Someone else would have a way to boil water. And that was your coffee. Also, like, would this be considered like milk oh, drinking? Oh, good. Hmm? What? Would this be considered milk drinking? Oh, because yeah. it's cream. <laughs> Woo! It's like hardcore classic. I'll I'll allow it. Um, We've got window peeping times trace and some cream. <laughs> what else were we missing? Um, no, I didn't say rusty window cages. Feet, but they could have probably used <laughs> some, some rusty feet. window cages <laughs> for something. Um, so then he asks her what it is she want to ask him about, and she says she wants to know about Professor Brown. And he asks if she needs more coffee because she somehow drank the whole cup in the 15 seconds that they've been fucking sitting Maybe there. Maybe 15 seconds. He's like, here's coffee. Sorry, it's instant. Oh, it's okay. Mm, I love the cream. Instant coffee means you drink it instantly. So what do you want to ask me about? <laughs> That's why it's oh, called Oh, the that. professor. Yeah. Do you need more coffee? Oh, sure. Yes, that'd be lovely. So then uh, he takes it back to the kitchen. And from the other room, you know, she kind of hollers over into the bitching kitchen. <laughs> Oh, yeah. If we don't find anything soon, we'll need to get a warrant and search the campus. And he's like, 
All of a sudden, he's putting in tons of that yeah. shit. And then immediately, we get, more sex! <laughs> <laughs> Wink. Uh, and then immediately, as soon as she says that, we hear the music that they've played every time in the movie when the gloved hand's been working on the puzzle. Boom, so boom. it's like, oh, okay, the Dean Bean's the killer. Boom, boom. The, it's that ding, ding, He's ding, the right age, he's been around, ding, he's never ding, there when ding. the killings are happening. Also, he's Completely the one who wants them not to tell the great, press. Great wingtips. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> I should know those are some of those blood I guard the wing shoot. tip shots. By the way, you did. I did. Can you just tell us now? Uh, get up my notes. Survey says twenty-one wingtip shots. Wow. <laughs> There's a lot. They knew that was something they needed <laughs> there to they do are again. Like, damn, those are some good-looking shoes. Get more shots of those shoes. Um. So we cut back to the police station where Kendall and Holden are eating Wendy hamburgers. You know the famous American burger chain, Wendy? Oh, yeah. Dave Thomas? It just... <laughs> and they have the... It's like the classic, like, bright yellow wax cup. But it just mm-hmm. says Wendy, not Wendy's. Man, yeah, they I, probably had a maid. Do you remember that? Do you remember chewing on those, like, edges? Oh, yeah. I don't know I'd, why. I, I remember that, too. Yeah. Get the wax off yeah. of them? Yeah. Man. Mm. I bet there's some of that wax still in our bodies. <laughs> why... Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Just fucking bored. We didn't have phones. <laughs> we didn't know it was not bad. It was I don't know. My I brain's all I'll... fucked up from me all the wax cups. <laughs> There's no phones. I guess I'll chew on a cup. Uh, <laughs> I'm a moron. In my day, we didn't have Instagram. We had to chew on wax cups. <laughs> um, no, but I was going to ask about this Wendy thing. This is so. In Europe, is it called Wendy? I don't know if there's Wendy's in here. Or is this their way to get around being sued by Wendy's by just using their cup with... So, I didn't know. Since you mentioned being in Europe, I thought I'd just throw that out there real fast. Yeah, I never saw Wendy's over there. Or Wendy. Uh, Wendy. Singular or plural. (laughs) So, okay. Well, that was fun. (laughs) So, uh, they're eating... (laughs) So, Kendall and Holden are eating Wendy hamburgers. And uh, uh, Kendall holds a file up and he gives it to uh, Holden. And Holden looks at it and goes, hmm, he changed his name. Better call Arlington. So he calls Arlington uh, while Kendall's eating the food. And then uh, he gets information on the phone that alarms him. And he's pretty sure he has the guy. Um, and he like, says, I'll send you a case of lollipops. <laughs> but he also says, the guy on the other end of the phone sounds like he's going to die any minute. <laughs> it's like, dude, he would have heard you. <laughs> oh, that's when Kendall's stuffing food in his face. And they cut to him just smiling like, oh, you. Yeah. We're a team. Uh, but then he hangs up the phone, and Kendall's like, well, what'd they say? And Holden goes, ah, what the hell? You're practically on the force anyways. The Dean's the one. Apparently his mother was chopped up when he was a kid. It must have affected his mind. <laughs> so we still, no one knows that he did that still. He managed to cover it up all these 40 years. I'm like a pro. Yeah. Couldn't dust for prints in the 40s, I guess. I guess, in the, the come to think of it, nobody's going to know, right? Yeah. Just us. Yep. Just the viewer. Because how would they if he's never <laughs> what said What do you that? That's funny. Ah! Hmm. <laughs> never thought about that. Uh, so then uh, Kendall's like, oh, God, Mary's at the Dean's right now. <laughs> and Holden panics, and he's like, stay here and call the tent. Oh, I can't think straight. We can use the car radio. And then he says another one of the lines I love in the movie. Come on, Kendall. I need you. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. He's, um, he's like is Robin. Uh, <laughs> he ends up being more like Batman, really. Mm-hmm. He's fucking inept cops. 
Uh, and then at the Dean's, the Dean tells Mary that Professor Brown almost tried to kill him once. And he's like, but I'm very strong, you know. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of goes, viewers or listeners can't see me, but I'm Flexing. doing this sweet, he's, tough he's guy gorilla move that Dean Bean does. <laughs> <laughs> he's the stronger of the Bean brothers. Um <laughs> And this is when Mary Dean starts feeling the drug. Dean. She starts kind of squirming around yeah. a little bit. And she I says, feel I, funny. I can't seem to move right. <laughs> That's the effect of the drug I gave you. The saccharin. <laughs> it wasn't saccharin at all. Um, and then uh, a cop, they show uh, Bracken hanging out at a police station, too. So I'm not 100% sure where. The police station was well, that the other well, two were. Well, they were at City Hall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bracken oh, was at the police station. I, I didn't point out another thing to let us know was America when they were at City Hall working. There was a picture of Reagan on the wall. Yep. Yep. Just I'll put that out there. Yeah. It's America. Um, we got a picture of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> he destroyed our country, our economy, and the war on drugs kind of sucks. He destroyed the middle class. Yeah, this isn't a political podcast, but that guy fucking is a piece of shit. So the cop brings information to Bracken, who immediately takes off. Uh, And then uh, inside the Dean's place, back at the Dean's place, he's laying out plastic and getting a very sharp butcher knife out, getting ready to cut off Mary's feet. And he's getting rock hard. He is, like, almost stuttery excited. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm going to complete my jigsaw in person. It's pretty good Uh, how creepy he is. Is that what he's going to do? Is he going to fuck it? You think he's going to fuck it? He might. Might be a little foot foot thing. I mean, once he cuts them off, they're his, so he can do whatever he wants with them, right? Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Is that how it works? Yeah. All of our our hero characters arrive at the Dean's at the exact same time. Possession is nine-tenths of the Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! But uh, they I'm all not fucking your feet. I'm fucking my feet. <laughs> <laughs> they stop being yours the moment I cut them off your legs. Um, good luck uh, playing tennis, peg leg. <laughs> those are those good old tennis feet. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I bet they're they can't look good, right? <laughs> they got to be pretty busted up. They yeah, got those tennis yeah. bunions. A good decade or decade or so of bouncing around on the tennis court. Yeah. She's what? She's got to be 45. She's been playing tennis for at least 25 years. Yeah. I mean, you definitely don't. Though she doesn't know how to swing a racket anyway. Yeah. <laughs> She's a bit rusty. Um, but so they all, all the hero characters arrive at the Dean's, and they're like going in. And the another good moment, how much they trust Kendall. And he's like, you make a good cop, kid. But this is as far as you go. First, they <laughs> slow walk up the stairs. Yeah. yeah, like take forever. It feels. I was really and then they hoping stand there that they would give him a gun so he'd just be shooting <laughs> shots bang, off bang, randomly. Bang. <laughs> but like when they tell him, like you know, you make a good cop, kid. But this is as far as you go, and he says, "No, you can't do this to me now." Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, what the hell?" I did ninety percent of the work. And then What's, he's getting ready to be number one, charging in, and they hold him back a little. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one guy says something like. If I say down, you just hit the floor or something like that, yeah. you know? Um, then they, like, shoot through the door, uh, and they go in, and uh, they just see Mary, like, paralyzed on the couch. <laughs> Killer's nowhere to be found. I love this and part, because she's, like, looking with her eyes as hard as you can possibly fucking over look. Like, over there. there. He's over there. It's like in the three amigos, like... Look over here. Look over here. <laughs> hey, you. Hey, you. 
That's what I thought but, of. But with you the can eyes. do a mean Mickey Mouse, man. Yeah. That's how I... Oh, oh my! <laughs> Here I go. Jokes, Mickey. Gonna save the day. <laughs> That's incredible, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> incredible. I used to work a waiting job where <laughs> oh, there was a I couple... used to work for Disney. What? No, there's a couple people like when we'd take breaks, I'd do stupid shit like that, and I remember one of them be like, "You should get into voice acting. You can do all." These. And I was like, "Yeah, I, I know my voice is silly." This is you fulfilling that dream. You yeah, can just do right all your now. crazy voices right here on the Fright Zone podcast. Oh um, boy, <laughs> it's also kind of a Pinocchio. <laughs> No, Pinocchio, don't you be telling lies. It's not what he sounds like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I'm immediately going to disobey you. supposed to be? <laughs> my weird Italian hey. version of Geppetto. Hey, get and, back uh, over. Uh, Pinocchio, don't be telling lies, huh? Get back over here, Pinocchio. <laughs> hey, Pinocchio. I, I fucking made Did you. Did I tell you you could fucking lie, Pinocchio? I made you over here. Oh. Uh, I made you f- some fazolis. <laughs> Stromboli, <laughs> dude. That 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 was the better cut of Disney's Pinocchio when you found the Geppetto created Pinocchio and Fazoli's. Yeah, when he got out of the carving business, he got into the like one step below Olive Garden. But they closed when that fucking Jiminy Cricket character was getting in all the food, and the health department shut him down, stirring up the sauce. Um, I don't know. Wow, this is getting wacky. Um, okay, so. Uh, so, but what I like is how inept there that they go in there and like, no killer. And the cops are like, hey, Kendall, just hang out here and watch Mary. We're just going to fucking leave now. Yeah. yeah. Like, We're going to leave the most likely room that the killer could be in. We're going <laughs> with out. The drug, you, with the potential victim. In. Yeah. You One stay, iota. You stay here with his final we victim. We both <laughs> need to leave the call an ambulance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that janitor's closet, somebody could be in it. Yeah. <laughs> Counts, oh, just, you know, you just go down the hall. To Don't right forget into to the zero. Yeah. Just fluff the, dial out. <laughs> fluff the fucking curtains for a second before yeah. you leave the room. Look where her eyes are just aggressively pointing. Just <laughs> do something. Or Kendall can go up one of the cops. One of the cops says, I don't know. It's just, it's just yeah. it makes no sense. He does um, know where the phone is. Uh, so they go. Kendall then... He's not a medical profession, like professional or anything, but he just drags her poor paralyzed ass off the couch, just dragging her around the room like she's fucking Bernie Lomax. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and he goes, "Look, you're walking," and it's you're like, "Walking." No. She's like, <laughs> she's like, she's in pain. Like, what the fuck are you doing, yeah. Kendall? Uh, but then, the, then Killer Dean Bean jumps out from behind a curtain. Kendall drops her like a fucking sack of bricks. Yeah. It's too bad no one had a steel God, drum. She's concussed at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> we can bring his tooth out. She'd start dancing, gets up. Yeah. <laughs> and she could maybe like throw her arm in the direction. <laughs> oh, wait. He's already hit you. Uh, but then Kendall and the killer struggle. Uh, he gets on top of him. He's about to stab him when Bracken pops room and shoots him right in the dome. Boop. It's kind of a cool moment. It is. It's fucking impossible. I mean, I've... I'm, You've shot people in the head before. I've just shot guns like that before. And, like, a target that far away with, like, possible other people in the room and shit, like, it's not that easy. I mean, I guess you wouldn't have wind or anything to factor in because it is indoors. Oh, and Bracket was, like, shooting from the hip. He was just like, pow. Yeah. Oh, hi, Artie. Like, they never established that Uh, he's a fucking sharpshooter, but. No. At this point, I don't even know that he's a real cop. Yeah, right. <laughs> what has he been doing? He keeps no. disappearing for periods of time. Like, at this point, I expect the real lieutenant to come in and be like, who the fuck is this guy? God damn it, Bracken! <laughs> yeah. Well, when they hit him up at the police station, they're like, 
the guy comes running in and he's like, hey, I thought you'd want to see this. It's off the wire. It's a break in the the case at the campus. Like, what was he doing instead? Give me that, you knucklehead. <laughs> like, writing up DUI tickets or something? Like, yeah. He's a beat cop. He's trying to get a hold of yeah. some more yeah. professional athletes to go undercover for him <laughs> in different yeah. jobs. Because they're so understaffed. It's like eight people at the Boston police station. Uh, so, so, Dean Gene. But sorry. I will say when he shoots him in the head. It's weird because it is the least cool gore thing in the movie. It's the most, like, everything else is, like, kind of insane looking and graphic. Like, it's a red dot. dot. Yeah. Like, what is that? Yeah. There's, like, a red dot. Here. And like, I don't know. That's Couldn't how you put a little latex it. in there and, like, push it in with a pencil and then maybe, you know, like, do <laughs> or something. Just show, nope. Or just, like, have him fire and just show, like, blood spray over Kendall's face or something. It's just weird because the rest of the movie goes so hard that it's just a kind of weird moment. It's an yeah. interesting. Not that bothers me. Like like bothers me, bothers me. Just worth noting for you know the that sake when of the, the killer show. gets it after how brutal he's been. Yes, yeah, like to oh. every other person he's come in contact with in the movie to like get out of it so easily. Yeah, it's like oh. And as soon as that happens, the lieutenant comes over to Kendall and he he goes, "You did good, kid." And mm. I have expected him to give him like a good game slap on the ass. <laughs> Smooch. Yeah. yeah. Um, did the dean have a knife or anything? Yeah. I yeah, thought I was gonna say I thought he had a knife. Time. I just yeah. in my head I was like I wanted to be clear on that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I got a knife. It was the yeah. same large oversized knife from the water the waterbed scene. Right. The final knife. Mm-hmm. Mm, the final <laughs> knife. <laughs> when it evolved from the butter knife into the big knife yeah. to the bendy knife, the puncturing <laughs> yep. knife. Yep. <laughs> the this magical is... knife. The knife. This is the I knife. I mean at this point, this is we're about to find out how magical the world of this killer really oh, is because yeah. um, it's wild <laughs> but like uh you know he goes you all right boy yeah <laughs> and then the cops start quote tearing the place apart which they probably should have done before they left kendall alone in the room <laughs> yeah it's like well now we've killed them let's tear this fucking place apart <laughs> yeah um well now they can do it safely Jeez. <laughs> well then they go well she'd be all right he says he drugged her how would he know that? There's no doctor there. She can't move. She mates. can't say anything. Kendall's like, don't worry, I drug her around the room a little bit. Like, nobody would know that that Maybe happened. Maybe that's what he meant. He drugged her. Like He dragged her. Yeah. yeah. He, he meant to say he dragged her. Yeah. <laughs> and this is when Holden finds the puzzle and hands it to Kendall. And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed the weird continuity area here. It's suddenly not the same puzzle it's been the rest of the movie. Uh, when it's like the long shot when he hands it to Kendall, it's a completely different puzzle, but then it cuts to a close-up where it's the correct puzzle. Check I it out next time you watch it. I it's mean, weird. on the tape, you probably can't he's like, tell. He's like, wow, look at this. He must have been some type of freak. Um, I like, oh yeah, Kendall's That's judging. That's what he thinks makes him a freak? Well, Kendall's I'm... judgmental of this. He's like, wow, I've never expected the Dean to be such a freak. He's like, I mean, I know he's a killer and he is a freak, but it's like, it's just a nude puzzle. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, Holden then like leans up against a bookcase, and it flips around, revealing it's a secret storage area. And a stitched-up corpse falls on Kendall. And this is we like we finally realize what the dean's been doing. He's been putting together, which what I think is like you know a Frankenstein version of his mom, basically. Yeah, right. You know, he's like Buffalo Bill. <laughs> oh fuck me! But here's the thing, though. So <clears throat> we know. Was it Debbie at the beginning that lost her head? Yeah. Who has chin-length brunette hair. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the corpse that falls out of the closet mm-hmm, mm-hmm. has past shoulder-length blonde hair. Yeah. 
Where the fuck did that extra head know. come from? Maybe he put a wig on her? No. I do think you're, I mean, it's only been a couple of days, but I do think I've read something about how, like, your hair still grows for a little while after you die. <laughs> okay. And changes color. Ah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you die of fear and then it turns white. But, like, this rotten, gross, stitched up corpse falls on Kendall. It's like slow mo, and he's like, Ugh! Yeah. <laughs> it's a little green, just like off looking gray. It's just gross. I don't fault Kendall for being as freaked out as he is by this rotten corpse falling on him. Did it only fall because he had already cut the feet off? (laughs) (laughs) I shit you not. I was watching this with Stella, too, before I came over here, and she literally goes, well, now he can have sex with all those women in one place. (laughs) 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 That's that's great. That's legitimately very fun. One time. Um and then we cut just a little bit, and Kendall's like sitting in a chair, like calmed down from the traumatic event of a stinky rotten corpse falling on him. Um, and they're like, "Well, you ready to go, kid?" And they're like, "Yeah, sure." And they're walking out, and he like looks over, and like there's like a sheet over this jigsaw corpse or whatever, you know. And he's like, "Oh, I need to get my jacket real fast." So he like walks over to like yep. where this sheet is covering the corpse to reach for his jacket, and uh, just then suddenly. The the corpse becomes reanimated and its arm shoots out <laughs> from underneath the sheet, grabs Kendall's crotch, claws it up, and then pops his testicles. <laughs> and it's... we end the movie for free frame of Kendall's face screaming. Yeah. It is insane, completely out of left field, doesn't really make any sense. None. No. No sense. We have seen nothing of a mad scientist's lab. In which he's been using to reanimate. Yeah, I don't know why this undead or possession pops in for the last twenty seconds of the film. I mean, if you see some of his other movies, he definitely has some like crazy ideas. But I don't know. That's <laughs> got to be the craziest. We've actually we've managed to watch this movie twice all the way through. Well, I skipped ahead a bit because I want to show you guys the kitchen. Oh, okay. but we just went past the kitchen now. <laughs> Is but, it a kitchen or a kitchenette? It's so good. But you will see the weird puzzle here in a second. So, okay. So, I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that we all chose this as our favorite line. The most beautiful thing in the world is smoking pot and fucking on a waterbed. <laughs> yes. I, yeah? Yeah. Yes! How could we not? I mean, there's plenty of good lines in this movie, but that is just so good. Um, favorite kill in the movie. What's your favorite kill, Nate? You know, that's hard because uh, they're all pretty damn good. I'm trying to decide. So when I was watching, I was like, most of the kills you get like a little bit to a moderate amount of the kill. And then there's like these good after kill shots. Yeah. I think the one where the chainsaw is going, the legs the, the in the bathroom, the where the chainsaw is going into the torso. Yeah. On the side with the pig, the pig one. I, f- I feel like that's the best, like, looking kill. And then the aftermath shot in conjunction with the actual effects shot, yeah, is what makes that one the most appealing. Not appealing, <laughs> you know yeah. what? I- yeah, no, it's the best kill. Yeah, uh, what, what's your favorite kill of the movie, Hogan? I like the waterbed, the slow motion, just something yeah, about I the surrealness that, the of whole, it. Like, cat and mouse thing in that room is pretty. Sequence has a like he mentioned Nate mentioned is like nightmare and it's it does have kind of a surreal dream like quality beyond just remind you of nightmare for sure. Um, for but yeah, I'm I'm with the locker room scene. I just 
everything about that just fires all cylinders for me. Um, well, then the big question: out of five frights, how many frights do you give it, Nate? You never go first. I, oh, you go I, first. Okay. okay. I give it. I give it a five. I love pieces. Yeah. I think this movie's awesome. It's not often uh, you find a horror movie that has so much weird laugh out loud cheesiness to it that still also feels like a competent film. And this movie, I feel like it's able to weave out like an effective locker room slasher kill sequence that's intense and gnarly and has great effects. And then less than a minute later, we have the weird B movie bastard screaming sequence. Like sure. the way it can weave in and out of all that stuff and work is just impressive to me. It's it's a movie I can put on if I'm looking for a legitimate slasher movie or if I'm looking for a gore movie, if I'm looking for a funny movie that I think I could watch in a room with people, I'll make them laugh. It's just, it has a lot of things it pulls off and I love it. Hell yeah. Sorry, Hell I'm watching yeah. the corpse fall on him again. Hell yeah, fuck yeah. Which is great. Fuck, we just went by the wrong puzzle. Look at her hair. That's the name quickly. We missed the puzzle. We missed the kitchen. <laughs> God damn it. Are we even watching this movie? <laughs> uh, so I'll, uh, so I guess we're going to reverse then. So I'll five frights. How many frights do you give it, Hogan? I was going to say four. Oh, sorry. Shocking. You got to give a little bit of a why. Yeah, I, you do. I can't, I can't give, <laughs> I can't give an explanation as to, uh, as, as eloquent as yours, but, um, I don't know. Just, I did. I did essentially what I did last time. I went back and I looked at where I'd put everything so far. And uh, I don't know. Nate, you always talk about rewatchability. I guess I I had a lot of fun watching this with my girls. And that's kind of You like watched it with both your girls this week. I did. And had a blast with both of them. I did. Did they have a blast watching it? Uh, Stella, not so much. But yeah, B, for sure. Just oh. popped his cojones. Oh! <laughs> yeah. um, there they go, Ian. Kendall. Kendall. It's Kendall. How about you, Nate? Oh, five fresh. Kendall. It's a five. It's top tier. Uh, yeah. I mean, I have this move. I have the Vestron promo poster from the video release yeah. at the base of my stairs, which means every morning when my kids come upstairs to wake me up, that's the first thing they see. And Excellent. I think it's my wife enjoyed it enough that like when I put it up, I've been sitting here staring at it because it's like. Oh, yes. We dead. have it here in the Fright Zone, too. We have a theatrical sheet. It's dead in front of me, and I'm just like, man, doesn't that? They don't seem to get scared by it, though. But I mean, the chainsaw isn't actually touching the victim. And at first glance, you might not understand that that's like a body stitched together. It's on a pedestal. But I would say the reasons I put it so high is like the effects in it are so fun and great. Mm -hmm. They could easily be Tom Savini. Like, if you played this for me, I'm totally and I had it. no idea who yeah. made it, and, and they gave me a list of people, and Tom Savini was on the list, he would be in the running, which, to me, sets a very high bar. Like, that's saying, like, that these effects are just as good as, like, Friday the 13th and Maniac yeah. and all that, and they are. Um, I also am a big fan of Italian movies, and being that it's a Spanish film, that it, it has that mm -hmm. feeling to it. Um I do like American horror movies too, but I I like foreign horror movies quite a lot. So yeah. there's that. The soundtrack's good. Um, I think I said this pre-podcast. I do think some of the cues sound kind of like the Warriors. I don't yeah. know um, how close, but I never realized that Fri Fabio Frizzi had anything to do with it either. Yeah. Um, I'll be sitting down on the couch and trying to find the cheapest copy I can when I get home. Uh, so the so the <laughs> the vinyl soundtrack. Well, I guess we'll. 
I've seen it for like 30 to 40. I'm hoping to get it for the closer to 30. But Hogan, so are you have either of us swayed you or are you sticking firm with a four fright? Yeah. I'm just saying before we I announce thought five the whole time and I just wanted Me to too. see what you guys said. No, I I I'm going to see where I'm at. And that's not to say I mean that I obviously don't like it because I do, you know. Four is a high bar. I mean, that's no, no, still. No, I was asking. So that, because, you know, because we are always There's a thing. lot of things where I would like, what would I give a five to, you know? I See, know. I would put I this in. Like, think. if someone said you can only keep like 20 of your horror movies, this would be my this top would 25. Be in tw- the top 20. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, then that means we got two fives and a four. That means it's this film, Pieces, is 4.5 frights. <laughs> that's more like a motorcycle. I will say that decapitation scene at the beginning, I was looking at that, and it's obvious, like, because you're talking about Savini, so it was obvious, like, they had to have her head under something. But right. But it's, like, really strange, too, because it also doesn't appear as though there's any room for her head to be anywhere. Dude, when it flies yeah. off, it's, like, kind of a cool artful like, shot like, to the blood like spray. arched on the ground, so it's, like, actually her body... So he's like, and I rewound, and I kept rewinding that. I'm like, where the fuck is How many times do you keep rewinding a good effect on a not Five Fright movie? God. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, cool. So we got 4.5 Frights. Let's see. The only other 4.5 Fright film we have is Christmas Evil on the podcast. So we talk about the physical media copy. So just since you mentioned the soundtrack, I'll just go there real fast first. Cool. Um, the current pressing that soundtrack uh, because in, I don't think there is an original. Ah, I've okay. never seen an original. So uh, Arrow owns the rights for pieces overseas, oh, and they did the soundtrack. Which is cool. Do they do other soundtracks? They do. I've yeah. never seen an Arrow um, soundtrack before. But I ordered that last year when they did their half-off sale. I don't think they overseas. have a whole lot of them, do they? They don't have a ton, but they do have some. Yeah. So yeah, you can get that from Arrow. Um, also, if you do decide to get the current Blu-ray release... Uh, that's available stateside from Grindhouse Grindhouse releasing, it does come with a CD of the soundtrack. Oh, cool. Which is really rad. So you can listen to that. You know, They do that. That's right. My Beyond has a soundtrack in which it, is too, awesome. which I have on vinyl as well. Um, but yeah, this the uh, Grindhouse Blu-ray release that is available here in America is awesome. Cool so, new artwork on the front. Yeah, cool artwork. Uh, you pull out, it has the, you know, kind of a variation of the original poster. Um, it has a cool booklet with some liner notes about making the movie, which I don't know why I didn't look through that and prep for this episode. <laughs> there probably some good info in there, but check out this art behind it. Will art polishing his oh, data. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's this is a cool Blu-ray edition. Um, I totally recommend this movie if you you know want it on disc. Snag this. Even has a quote from our boy Joe Bob on the front. The best chainsaw flick since the original text chainsaw massacre. Splatter City, four stars. So he's saying is is he a one to four star? He's a one to four. Yeah, that's what I thought. Joe Bob says check it out, Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I get it. Pretty thick. <laughs> I did notice that yours is embossed and yours is not as well. I don't know what Ooh. that means. Well shit. But I just I, I got would... one of those first runs, baby. I was looking at that. This show's got liner notes in there, baby. You got that little insert? Check that out. Let's see. Oh, wait. Yours is embossed on the girl. Yeah. Yours is embossed on the lettering. And the girl. And Joe Bob's quote. Mm-hmm. Weird. 
why emboss just part of it? Wouldn't it be the same? It's just like, it's like one we thing. We can only afford to emboss one item. Maybe Hogan's is actually a super rare variant. Like a piece of cardboard or something got in the way so it couldn't push down. Yeah, right. A dead body fell on the press into pieces. Uh, Nate, tell us about the uh, VHS release. Or Hogan, one of you guys tell us about the VHS release. You guys both have it. I can. What I should do is I'll tell, talk about it, but you should tell the story about how you got yours. Okay. So, yeah, it's a Vestron video release, which anyone that collects or watches horror movies should know that name by now. It's Vestron. Like, I don't know, 30 to 40 of the most sought-after horror tapes are probably Vestron titles. Curtains. Um, the cover is the one sheet. It has a little tag on it that says... Best special effects at the horror film festival, whatever that is. And uh, <laughs> on the back, it has that picture, the chainsaw coming through it. In Come recent years, this has gotten out of control as far as pricing goes. Um, I would recommend just getting the Blu-ray if you can get it for less than whatever the tape goes for. I'm not even sure what it goes for now. Um, I've seen a couple other versions of it. I had another one where it had like a photograph on the cover. Hmm. I remember I traded that to somebody maybe like seven or eight years ago. And now I see even that copy, which is an EP mode tape, if I'm not Ooh. mistaken. Is it the one with the blonde on it? Yeah. Yeah. That that sells for 70 or 80 now, too. Yeah. I'm sure I traded it for something that was like 10 bucks because I was like, oh, this isn't the Vestron version. <laughs> garbage. This one? Yes. What's that price on it? That one's 80. Yeah. Let me see. That might be the. Was Whoops. that the one that was at? No. There's several VHS different covers. Like I've seen another cover that's here. That one that was at VHS this Fest, one? I had never seen before. Okay, I've never seen that in person. I've seen, but... I haven't either. I've seen like a lot of people have this, but yeah, this one's. Jeez, that one's two hundred dollars. Oh, that's the one with the blonde on it. You were talking about. Yeah. Gotta get one. Of those. That one looks like the label looks photocopied or something, which leads me to believe that it's just. Like a smaller company, and it might even be a bootleg. Yeah, like I like it, you know. Yeah, it's just, just like, it's kind of who the hell is that? You know, <laughs> like we need a model and a chainsaw. Get her in here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Have you seen this one? So yeah, it's uh, ah, it's, it's I a, love that font. It's a really cool movie, really cool tape. It was one of the earlier ones that I found for like not a lot of money. I've had three copies over the years, and uh, now I'm starting to wish I would just sat on them for a while. That's what's but. interesting is, so <clears throat> I picked this up. I got this on uh, Facebook, but not like Facebook Marketplace. It's just like a, a group of like collectors, and I only I I think I paid twenty five bucks for this. Jeez, which yeah. is really stupid cheap. That's stupid. Now that I'm going through here. And look, it's and looking at what these are going. I'm guessing for. that's like 150 now, right? More. The average is. I mean, we're talking buy it now price. There's one that's 200 bucks. Jesus. But I'll filter it and go into. Have you looked on the sold? Sold items. It's an expensive tape. I look for it periodically because it's you know. It's pieces. Yeah. Um, but this is a movie you were talking earlier about watching it alongside. What was the movie you said? Nightmare or Nightmare and a Damaged Brain. See, I I think this movie 
like is a good pairing if I was going to do a double feature of it. Like this and uh, the Mutilator or One Fall Break. sold on the first. I think yeah. that's a good combo. Like they like has the beginning part know. where the kid fucks up <laughs> and then yeah. shit gets wild. One sold uh, on January first for one hundred and forty six bucks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's anytime I I look at pieces or you know think oh, may as well be the one I'll get. There's not a lot of people watching. There's no bids. And the very end, it's like, yeah, like, oh, well, I'm not gonna get that. Fuck. Yeah. Nope. Wish I lived at my mom's house. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry, mom, I'm gonna just eat out of the fridge this month. I bought pieces. <laughs> but yeah, check it out. It it's awesome. You'll have a lot of fun watching it. Uh, and again, thank you for uh, thank you so much to our Dark Lord Frightzonian patron uh, Jildo Baggins for uh, supporting what we do. And uh, for, uh, you know, asking us to do this episode. If anyone else listening uh, likes what we're doing and wants to uh, support, check our Patreon page. Um, you can find the link on our website, thefrightzone.com. The patches uh, see, just arrived. I just printed those. Nature printer patches. We got the yard bag materials. Yard bag's coming. Thanks to Hogan finding yard the bags. bags. <laughs> you want to get the State of the Union on the shirt? snow in your yard bags. Yeah. Well, uh, the shirt situation is that it's 32 colors that I counted. Fuck. Yeah. If you look in just the monster, there's three shades of green. There's t- two different shades of green in the slime. All of our pants are different colors and have a separate color for shading. All of our skin tones are slightly different. There's white as well as two off-whites. There's multiple reds, pinks, and other... And so basically what I need to do is go in and combine layers and make it so that it doesn't look weird. Yeah. Because you don't want to combine something that it makes it look like the monster is yeah. the exact same color as the slime. So what you can do is like make the monster flat green and then make the slime on the ground like have dots in it. Yeah, or, yeah. There's just like shit that you need to do. Yeah. So uh, I just need to sit down sometime when I have like, I don't know, three hours. Three hours. <laughs> Any of our listeners that are patrons who are wondering, when am I going to get that shirt? Um, that's going on. Just trying to get the image straightened out. It will so, happen. We're working yes. on it. I have the screens reclaimed and coated and Ooh, ready to burn. Baby. I just need the film. Uh, so I, for any of you existing patrons, uh, we'll send you a message and see if you would like us to send you the patch and, um, button and whatnot that in koozie and stuff you haven't gotten yet. Uh, ahead of the shirt, or if you want us, just wait till the shirts are ready. But they are coming. Uh, apologies for the wait. Um, just want to make sure it looks good for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> like, the shirts are coming, and hopefully you are too. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much to everyone. Um, and you know, if you do want us to do a movie, jump in there. Uh, we currently have nine patrons. This is the first month since we launched it. We did not gain a new patron. Uh, so if you want to be patron number 10. Artie wants to Artie wants it. to be a patron. Yeah. Artie's, Artie wants to. He's like, but he don't, I don't know how to use a computer. It doesn't make any money. I don't even have thumbs. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you. <laughs> Get me some thumbs. Yeah. You could be patron number 10. Uh, and, you know, looking at that, we'll be using that money to, um, you know, pay for hosting the, the podcast online. Uh, maybe make more cool new little treats to send you guys, um, or to use to maybe you know go to a horror convention, try set up a table, and meet some of you guys in real life. Um, you know, travel for stuff uh, for the podcast. So thank you so much for what you're doing. It does help us, you know, make this happen. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. 
the the traffic death record is finally materializing now. Uh, printed the Andrew came over and we knocked out those covers. I had to get this special kind of ink. My buddy at Method Ink lent me. Shout um, Method Ink made the house stink like fucking gross. I mean, I kind of like chemical-y smells, but it's because you're eating those wax cups. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's all connected. But yeah, it took like two days and like lots of incense and scented candles and other things to cover it up. <clears throat> and uh, so those are good. And we got a message from the pressing plant. The colored vinyl's done. The covers are printed. They just have to knock out the couple hundred um, black vinyl, and then they, so they ship, ship it to California ones. on a pallet, and then, and then they it's break sit them there up for a while it. because the virus. They, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's gonna be a minute, but. It's like they're actually starting to exist in the world, which is exciting. Yeah, it's it's tough right now. I wrote um, on the newest blog on the Patreon page. I wrote about um, just kind of the state of the world uh, since COVID, and I kind of and I mentioned that like like you know if you're a musician right now, you can't even really release your music if you want to do vinyl. Well, and how are you gonna fucking sell it? Like you sell it by going out of town and playing. Yeah, it's weird. we are playing in St. Louis on the 22nd. As of now, as long as they don't cancel it, you it, know. The only thing is that venue does, you have a, to requ- you're required yeah. to have a vax card and a mask, which is why we're willing to do that. And if and also, if things don't go south, we're supposed to play uh, together. Your, your band, Traffic Death and my, my yeah. band, Greg Wheeler and the Poly Mall Cops, are supposed to play here in beautiful Des Moines, Iowa at the Yacht Club on the 29th but we'll see I don't what... know our government here is so fucked up I don't imagine they're gonna cancel anything yeah it's pretty bizarre but, I mean everyone's getting the virus now right now this Omicron thing is like one of the most easily spread viruses or diseases in history or some shit yeah you know? I was reading yesterday they were saying anybody who has kids right now don't plan on your kids being in school in the next six to seven weeks because there will be so few teachers yeah. and staff that yeah your schools won't okay. be able to remain open like the reason I was writing about that in the blog is because uh, Jill and I, uh, my wife and I, we we both had uh, COVID over Christmas. Um, I mean, assume she got on a work trip she was out of town for. Luckily, we're, we're both vax. So, I mean, it was like a week of having a horrible head cold in the first couple of days we had a fever. But it's like we've been pretty safe and responsible over the pandemic. And it's like it seems like right now I don't really know like anyone in my like circle friends or anything that's had it this whole pandemic right since 2020, until, until like the last month. And I feel like it's that way for everyone. Like, um, already yeah. our dog was, supposed he to got go it. To, no, but he, he was supposed to go to the vet on Friday. Yeah. Well, so yesterday and Thursday they called, you know, like they always do before an appointment. And I was like, Oh yeah. Hey, you know, I know. Yep. We'll have already there tomorrow morning, seven 30, you know? And yeah, remember not the fame after eight o'clock and all that good stuff. And the vet just like, oh no no no, you can feed him after eight, yeah. because we're, was we're like, yeah, and, yeah. And they go because we're canceling because eight of our fifteen uh, members of our staff have COVID right now. Oh damn! And they and like they, they are and like our vet takes it way serious. Like if you went there at any point since twenty twenty, you have to call them when you're there, and you have to stay in your car, and they send someone outside with a mask, and you have to put on your mask, and they take the pet from you at your car. You can't even go in there. Yeah, we've done so, that. Yeah, but so, so it's like I just said to illustrate. They it's not for lack of trying. That. I mean, yeah. it's like it's like you can be doing that right now, and your staff's going to get like it's like this thing because Aaron has it right now too, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's just getting it right now. Like no matter what you do, it's like 
I don't know. It's I'm saying like it's, but yes, yeah, so that's what the blog post I was writing about just COVID and the way it's changed the world. Like I mean, you own a barbershop, Hogan. Like Bill Franklin Plaza Barbershop here in Des Moines, yeah. Iowa. You had a, you had changed the whole way your business operates. It's been a fucking nightmare, dude. Um, like we had like we're not doing like that was pursuant to the governor's request. We could no longer take walk-in, you know, customers. So we had to completely switch our business model from walk-ins to doing appointments only, which was difficult because then you have to like re-educate your customer base. Then you well, that's people. always been kind of a thing for your shop is you were an appointment place. That yeah. was like part of well for, for our listeners because you, you haven't talked about your shop a whole lot. Like for our listeners, part of the fun of Hogan's shop was you go and you sit down. He has movies playing. It's you. You hang out with the crew, right? Yeah, not just us, but like you meet people in there yeah. too, you know, other customers. And so now, like, we had to re-educate everybody on like, you know, we're doing appointments and then, you know, teaching about how to make the appointments. And now it's just completely changed the entire like, I don't know what I would say, life of the shop because now there's nobody in there ever. Yeah, people just come for their appointment and then they leave and then. Or they might have hung around a little or. Right, like come oh, early. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come. 45 minutes early and you know so, so i can talk to some people and now it's like they just show up get their haircut they leave and then there's nobody there ever waiting you know so i mean it's just it's completely different and that's i mean we lost a lot of business because we started doing appointments too so because well for some people that's they some people don't know when they can schedule they, yeah. well that's like before i switched the, the well before <clears> i was working my current job i would always come in there because i worked in retail and I couldn't schedule things like that. I like your shop. That's like it. It allowed me to be able to just like, hey, this is the day this week I'm not working. I'm gonna go in there and hang out, and watch a movie, and shoot the shit at people for a couple hours and get a haircut. Right. You know, it's like so. There's definitely a need for you for get that. a haircut. I haven't got a haircut since the pandemic. Yeah. My last haircut was in February of 2020. It's funny because I went through yesterday and I was looking at our Instagram. Huh. And how short your hair is when we started doing this compared to where it is now. Well, even when we started, it was like long hair for me. Yeah, but it was, <laughs> it was like here. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just funny. It's I would, cool. I'd have long hair if I could, but I go the other route. Nate used to have dreadlocks. You'll give a shit head. I don't want to be the George Costanza of long hair. <laughs> Michael fucking Bolton over here. It grows on top, but it's just not the you same. Look, stay gold, pony boy. Yeah, it's fine. You look good. But also, like, what you're saying is there's definitely been, knows me, more than one time where um, I'm like feeling my face. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, and my head's been itching a little bit. I know I don't have a lot of time. I'm like, I'm right by your shop. And I'm like, I would go there to go just get a shave and a buzz. But well, just to hang out with people and shoot and, the shit. And I'm not saying I don't think that maybe there's a possibility I could just get in anyway. <laughs> but I know you that I don't want to like, get the fuck I don't out of here. Assume you never that. know, dude. You know, that's what that's what sucks. That, and that's what I'll tell you what I hate the most about doing this appointment thing Mike. is that we this new appointment system that we have now, we can't make it so um, you can't cancel your appointment up to a certain time. So, like, we used to be able to say with this old system, you could cancel 24 hours in advance and that's it. Now people can cancel up to five minutes before their appointment. And probably do it a lot. Happens all the time. And yeah. so, like, if I had a person booked for a haircut and a beer trim, that's an hour that's blocked out of my Well, then time. you can't get anyone else. 
Yeah, and somebody cancels it five minutes before the appointment. Well, now I'm just out that money. Yeah. So you're yeah. saying and there's it, no time to. Book so you're saying if yeah. Nate, next time Nate's feeling itchy, if he's by the shop, he should pop by because maybe you've had some asshole yeah, cancel. Possibly. I'm just you know, and that shit sucks. Yeah. Like, What's your livelihood? And the reason the reason that this company that we use is doing that is because they're like. Well, what what you can do now is you can utilize our credit card services. So when people book an appointment, they have to put their credit card information in, so you can charge them for canceling that appointment. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna fucking do that. Yeah. You know, because then they won't come back. Right. And all they're trying to do is collect someone else's credit card information. Yeah. Just fucking dumb. Hey, people, if you're thinking about canceling an appointment anywhere, uh, just you know, think about that. Give them some heads up. And don't be one of those people that just does a no-call, no-show, because that shit sucks, too. Then you should charge them. Yeah. Something. Mm-hmm. I think it's... I honestly think it, it... I think in this time period that if you're doing a schedule-based system and the fact that it's your livelihood and that it is actually causing you money, I do think charging them is fair, and I think you should say that up front and just tell people if they think they're going to have to cancel, they need to know that's going to be a repercussion so they aren't blindsided by it. Even if it's five bucks... Well, the way that we the way that we set it up is, your first no call no show. It's it's a pass, you know. I understand things come up like that happens with everybody, but if you do it a second time, I will block you from the system. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you want to get a haircut, you have to pay me for that service that you skipped out on. Right. Which I think seems fair. I think so. Either way, it's just it's new. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of it, but yeah, yeah. Of it. thank you. But yeah, from the last episode, we had a question answered. I received it in the form of a text that just said "flaccid," and it oh was in, yeah, for the cock. It was in reference to cock talk. Yeah, us. Uh, <laughs> Welcome to, back to cock talk. Yeah, <laughs> trying to figure out <laughs> if you should be erect or non-erect when you get your dick tattooed. Was that Wilcox who told us? Uh, Ace. Ace. <laughs> I had a really interesting night the other night. Oh, yeah? So Aaron's car is in the shop. And okay. Bickley's, Bickley's in town, but her car's in the shop. And so I had to go out to Altoona, and on my way home, I got off on the Merle Hay exit. Yeah. And there was, like, you know, like a cement parking block that would, like, keep you from going any further like yeah. in the parking lot? I hit one of those on the Merle Hay off-ramp going, like, 60 miles an hour. Oh, Jesus. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Blew out all my tires. <laughs> <laughs> really? That I just got Ugh. replaced three weeks prior to that. Brand new tires? Brand new tires. They're all fucked. Has there suspension? Is there a it's warranty like alignment? It's pretty bad, too. No, no, because it was, you know, my fucking dumbass fault. But yeah. there was nothing I could do. I couldn't see it. I mean, by the time I did see it, there's nothing I could do. Did it fall off anyway. a truck or something? It must have. Yeah. It was the night that it was like super windy, but how? Still, 45 mile an hour winds aren't going to blow a 200 fucking pound <laughs> yeah. cement block off a flatbed. Yeah. Could have been. You might be want to search for a prank video on the yeah. internet. Yeah. But I wasn't the only one. Then, like, as I was like cursing, I saw there were 20 other cars on the side of the road. Oh, shit. It's just been happening like all night. also hit it. That seems like someone should be liable for that. You would think, but like, who? there should be some way to find that out. Like, Ow. where could it have um, come from? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You need Columbo for some shit like that. It had yeah. to come from a, a semi. That's the only thing I can think of. <gasps> Damn, that sucks. Yeah. So, so you bitch. had to get picked up or what? Like, what the fuck do you even do in that? Mm-hmm. Well, my first thought was like, should I stay here? 
But then I counted the cars, and I was like, no way. If I stay here, I mean, it was already 9.30. Yeah, the tow guy's going to be 4 or 5 a.m. still pulling cars. Right. So I was like, I just limped it off around to the high V Fast and Fresh. Because also my concern was like, if somebody else fucking hits this. And then hits your car. They're going to fucking swerve and then run into me at 60 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bitch. It's like, maybe someone should put a flag out there or something. <laughs> so it was on the off-ramp? Yeah, right at the top of the off-ramp. Oh, man. So I was going like, again... Full speed. Especially when the weather's shitty like that. You're not looking for some obstruction like that. Right. You're just kind of making sure you're, the wind's not blowing you too well, hard. Was whatever also, it was the other day, you know, it was like, what was it, 45 mile an hour winds? Like, you couldn't really see shit. By the time I saw it, it was, I don't know, 10 yards in front of me, so there was nothing yeah. I could do. Why would you ever expect a fucking parking brick to be in the middle of the highway or an right. on-ramp, though, either? Yeah. That's not the kind of shit you're ever looking for when you're driving. Right. I knew I should have bought Gravedigger. When I had the chance. <laughs> yeah. You would have just rolled right over it. Yeah. Could have laughed at all those posers. That, up on the and off-ramp. all those other poor bastards. Nice car, poser. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that your New Year's starting off just just fine. Yeah. I've decided I'm going to put mudding tires on my HHR. <laughs> Man, it's 1140 at night. We should go out and fill these yard bags. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, yeah, good time to stop. Thanks. Thanks for listening. As always, like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Oh, uh... Leave a review on iTunes for us. It does help. Rate it. Um, but also... More than four stars, apparently. <laughs> you fucking piece of shit. Hey, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, no, uh, you can only go up to four on iTunes. Uh, but I want to say on Spotify, you can now... <laughs> on Spotify, you can now rate the shows as well. So all of you Spotify listeners, slam that star, like, whatever button give us the give Bring us that, that love Bring that yeah <laughs> and share it with somebody like share it on social media or tell a friend at work or yes. whatever just if you uh, do people. that on instagram tag us at fright zone podcast um if you don't already follow us on instagram follow us at fright zone podcast hit the fright zone.com send us some questions check out the patreon you know there's even a $1 tier if you want to. Even that $1 a month, it could go a long ways for a little of us. You never know. Maybe we can come to your town. Maybe we can sleep on your floor, assuming you're vaxxed up and don't got that COVID. <laughs> Maybe you can make us ramen noodles. Maybe you can make some ramen noodles. Go pick up a shirt over at uh, mediacrypt.bigcartel.com. Ooh, yeah. You can grab some other shit while you're there, too. There's a Fright Zone t-shirt there, That's too. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I said yeah, pick up a shirt. Baby. I didn't mean any shirt. Only Fright the Fright Zone shirt. <laughs> and while you're there, grab a CBS Fox Home video game or something. Yeah. No, or Vestron, since that uh, put out pieces. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're you know in there, get a haircut. Beautiful Franklin Plaza Barbershop, Des Moines, Iowa. You got clothes, your hair looks good, and you're listening to some cool shit. Uh, we got you covered. You have no pants on, however. Yeah. We don't do pants. Oh, and uh, I do have, it for you tape people... Um, uh, my band, The Night Stories, we do have a few copies left of the VHS tape we dropped in October. You can get a copy on bloodgushingrecords.com. It is a 21-minute VHS tape of original horror trailers we made, um, a music video mini-movie kind of things, kind of like our thriller. Michael Jackson rules. <laughs> Greg, what'd you say that for? P-Y-T. <laughs> oh. But, yeah. Uh, he settled out of court. I mean, we don't know. Yeah, thank, but hey, thanks for listening as always. Appreciate it. Hope you guys had fun this episode. Um, talk to you next time. Stay spooky. Keep it safe.
Fuck you. Oh, my God.